Okay, our next award. Come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Uh, the award for best world building. So yep. this is intentionally reframing reality to the wishes of your readership or your your political party or, or whatever. Like saying that Change UK are popular. <laughs> yeah, 100%. That is one of them. Um, the first one is Remain or People's Vote is winning slash has won. <laughs> so this was like after this year, after two big marches, a whole heap of parliamentary wrangling and endless culture-shattering whinging, yeah. uh, Remain has lost yeah. 100%. Brexit is going to happen. Yeah. There is going to not even be a probably a rejoin movement anywhere in the next few years. They'll try, but it's not going to have the same thing as stop Brexit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a, a quote that kind of illustrates the way that people on the Remain side felt about this this year. Uh, James Chapman, an ex-head of comms at the Treasury and chief of staff at the Department for Exiting the European Union. Yeah. He used to be there. <laughs> yeah. Said, good night, Remainers. At long last, we are winning. St. Teresa and Wormtongue Milnes, illegal and corrupt Brexit isn't going to happen. Now we need to start planning seriously for what comes next. Hashtag new green Democrats. <laughs> and it's... What? <laughs> Just the amount of... The amount of like this isn't just like opposing Remain as if it's a normal political campaign because like yeah. that's you know whatever that is that that's a f- like fine whatever you're going to do that it's the kind of absolute belief that you've already won yeah that because all of the European all the Remain parties in the European election got the most yeah that means oh you've won that means there's a plurality like, for Remain that that's it kind really of how this yeah that's kind of how this has been since. <laughs> since Brexit got voted yeah, through four definitely. years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's like there was so much like refitting election poll results, refitting election results. Like if you don't count Tories as a leave party or you don't count Labour as a leave party, which we call them all the time anyway. Yeah. Therefore, it we have already won well, and the, Remain won the, the election. Explicit understa- the, the, the idea that um, people in the Green Party and people in the Lib Dems only agree in the exact same thing, and that thing is stopping Brexit. Yeah. And even then, they couldn't agree on whether to have a referendum or whether to, like, straight revoke. That confidence yeah. that was portrayed by people on the Remain side, was it, like, the direct consequence of that was the Lib Dems going for revoke yeah. rather than supporting a second referendum and believing yeah. that they could win on that. You know, and in fact, it changed the entire Labour Party's stra- election strategy to the extent that it pr- arguably cost them ele- the election. Who does Chakramuda work for? Because like, either he is just the worst political operator existing in British politics, who just um, is a liar and a cheat and a coward, who just <laughs> goes from party to party, destroying everything he touches. Surely not. In Midas. Or... He's a he is the canny political operator that everyone said he was, and he's destroying them all. Does he want he's to actually a leaf? Well, yeah, because the Lib Dems, Lib Dems, Lib Dems got that um, made sure that um, the Lib Dems made sure that a Tory got back in in Kensington. Oh so my god, that, that was heartbreaking. That maybe, yeah, maybe that's what he is. Maybe he's. I'm, I'm trying to. I can't. Maybe I think he you is could, smart. You could square it up with the idea that. I think we said it like a, a while ago that Brexit is like a whole other alternate politics that encompasses everything but layers over the top of traditional politics and you could mm-hmm. see it in the election because yeah. they were like, well, we're the Remain party, everybody should unite, but also we're going to be pushing like party as hard as possible. Yeah. We're going to be campaigning individually as hard as possible while talking about how everyone has to vote Remain. Mm. 
you know it and it i have to say it probably comes from this idea that like momentum you know actual momentum not the labor momentum yeah was with remain yeah. that everybody had just agreed that it was a bad idea and now brexit wasn't going to happen and it was probably reinforced by the fact that obviously any kind of brexit deal that theresa may put forward just got defeated yeah. every single time and every time there was this wave of like we're doing it we're winning yeah there was some woman who um referred to it as uh like um, well, somebody pointed out was like, oh, a lady earlier tweeted something very encouraging about how Brexit isn't going to happen and how it's similar to how the Berlin Wall came down. <laughs> we I can remember, do this. I remember um, the, the fall of the Soviet Union was predicated like just before it. There was a bunch of tweets and songs. Mm. Um, like there was the the um, Berlin Unification Supergirl yeah. who used to you know travel back and forth. <laughs> Singing her songs with her with her scary white wall. I'm always on the autobahn. <laughs> yeah, there's like both Brexit people and Remain people are both very prone to making quite insane comparisons. They're but they were convinced that they were winning the whole like right up until like December twelfth. And then it's just, but then they still seem to have quickly forgotten about Remain, and it was just all technical. I would, pro- I would probably argue that. And us. While then, while like leave is leave and Remain isn't wholly middle class, the political manifestations of it were dominated by the middle class to such an extent that this is a middle class that hasn't ever felt like it's lost. Yeah. yeah. Maybe some people did with Labour in '92 because yeah. they thought they were rolling back Thatcher, but that's yeah. maybe a different thing. But in the modern era, since you know the 1700s, maybe they've never lost mm. to a working class or an upper class movement. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, not in the same There's way. like this a bourgeois, bourgeois society. It's bourgeois dominated, all its yeah. mores and its politics are all, all bourgeois. So yeah, there's a certain like amount of like, yeah, we can't possibly lose this. I think Andrew Adonis says it at some point. He's like, Remainism is a middle class thing and the middle class will make their voices heard. Yeah. And it's like without realising that they have the other like Brexit leave has the other side of that experience and it's not a it's not a guaranteed thing. Yeah. You know? Uh, the next fantasy, uh, Red Wall and Towns. So the Red Wall was um, <laughs> first mentioned in August 2019 in a tweet by James... Oh, this has been mentioned for years. Kanakasurium, <laughs> who was a, an analyst at a centre-right think tank. And then, oh, shit. Then presented as like this, oh, yeah, oh, no, the Red... Oh, you're talking about the Red Wall. Oh, yeah, no, I definitely know what that is. I definitely know what that is specifically. <laughs> now, the idea of like having... Labour-dominated northern working-class constituencies, post-industrial constituencies. Yeah. Of course that's a thing. Like, that's fine. Those little mice with the swords are so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Referring to it as, like, this absolute, um, like, oh, no, they will never vote Tory, and I know exactly where they are. It's, like, it's, it's not true for a start. Like, yeah. so many constituencies have, you know, voted in Tories and voted out. There was um, a place in the middle of the 80s, in the middle of Liverpool, um, that voted a Tory MP in. Hmm. And Liverpool, before like the 50s, was historically Tory. Yeah. And it's like this whole, like, it's kind of emblematic of this, like, like falling back on the culture of towns yeah. and, to explain political movements rather than, you know, material and class changes and oh, demographics yeah. and <laughs> all of that. never wrote about towns. <laughs> it's probably best. <laughs> Probably best exemplified by Paul Embury uh, in response to Jeffrey Boycott um, having his knighthood revoked over um, him being 
a domestic abuser, convicted yeah. of domestic abuse. He said, oh, marvellous, as if we hadn't done enough to antagonise our northern heartlands, we've now alienated the whole of Yorkshire. <laughs> now we've, take, now we've um, taken away the knighthood from the Lord of Beatings. That's, oh, that's so Are we gross. not all beaters? That's so gross. Listen, you can't expect to win people in Yorkshire's votes if you don't allow a wife-beater... To yeah. have sir in front of his name. It's just simple culture. Well, you're, you're just de- you're, you're, look, you're demonising Hebden Bridge if <laughs> you say that it's wrong to beat your wife. That's like, um, who is it who was saying, like, I don't go into pubs because it's full of wife beaters? Oh, is that... It was uh, Eddie Marson. Yeah, it was Eddie mm. Marson. It's like, mm. oh, I don't go to pubs because they're all beating their wives. Unlike my fancy middle-class dinner parties where no one has ever <laughs> been abusive, ever. Oh, fuck. Yeah, it's it's gross. It's disgusting. It's like my eyes wide shut party is the perfect portrait of decorum. <laughs> There's a bowl for the keys and a bowl for the wipes. Never the twain shall Yeah, uh, the the fantasy element of this was just, I suppose, it was the confidence with which everybody from like autumn onwards just said, "Oh yeah, the red wall." Oh yeah, yeah. Laura Kunzberg going like, "Well, Labour's red wall." It's like you've never mentioned that before. That <laughs> yeah. particular phrase to de- to determine it, like you've never mentioned that before, and now it's this like concrete political fact yeah. that you've somehow manipulated everybody into thinking they all already knew. Easy to <laughs> easy to create a false failing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Dumb. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's that recurring thing. I re- it's one of the things I really hate. The um, especially it's from people like Paul Embry mm. of. Paul Embry will criticise the likes of like me and you for being ivory tower middle class intellectuals yeah. who don't understand the, the wants and the loves and the lives of the working classes and then will say that our dads beat our, wife, beat our mums yeah. and say that that's just a thing. Mm. And it's like, no, no, it wasn't. And then he'll call us a liar. <laughs> <laughs> I just fucking hate it. Yeah. Uh, next we have, oh, it's a big one. Reopening Auschwitz. Oh my god. Simon Heffer, a Daily Mail columnist, claimed on LBC Radio that Corbyn wanted to reopen Auschwitz. When the interviewer responded that it was completely... Well, he doesn't like working with the EU. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a lever. He yeah. wants nothing to do with Poland. He's a yeah. racist. We're bringing yeah. our jobs back. He's, he's too racist. <laughs> He is too, like, I thought he was too racist and he doesn't believe in internationalism. So he's not going to work in Poland to do something like that. <laughs> when the interviewer responded that it was completely unacceptable to suggest that Corbyn was capable of such a thing, Heffer replied, I'm sure in 1933 they had similar conversations in Germany. The Fuhrer is never going to do that. And it's like, how are you possibly supposed to prove that Jeremy Corbyn is not going to reopen Auschwitz? If that's the kind of language you're going to use, there's nothing you can say to that. And it's like, no. well, I'm sure a lot of people said that. And it's like, I can't respond to that. I can't possibly make you think. Just you wait until he annexes Czechoslovakia. Yeah. Then we'll see. Yeah. Oh, that's like, um, who's the, there was the Tory minister who was saying, like, I'm not not saying that McDonald will shoot billionaires. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy Hunt actually commented in July. He said, when I went to Auschwitz, I rather complacently said to myself, thank goodness we don't have to worry about that kind of thing happening in the UK. And now I find myself faced with the leader of the Labour Party who has opened the door to anti-Semitism in a way that is truly frightening. Fucking weasel. Mm. Doesn't actually say he's going to do it, mm-hmm. but he definitely said he's going to do it by oh. linking two things in the same it's sentence. It's all recur- a recurring thing of um, the, the Corbyn leadership should, that people should take from it 
is that he should have sued every single one of these motherfuckers. 100%. 100%. Um, like, you know, if we have to spend all... If, like, the Labour Party had to spend all that money on trying to get rid of people who maybe commented on a green thing on Twitter once, yeah. then maybe we'd be happy with spending the money on making sure that people can't say fucking bollocks like that. I mean, obviously, the reopening Auschwitz is the most extreme example of yeah. it. But there were other ones like the Israeli Air Force is going to have to fly all of Britain's, yeah. Britain's Jewish population out of the UK if Jeremy Corbyn. My wife would have been livid. <laughs> <laughs> My wife would be kidnapped. <laughs> it's just it's it. Obviously, like there are certain political ends to these yeah. these kinds of these kinds of claims of making. Corbyn himself and left-wing politics like uh, completely outre and, mm-hmm. and you know obscene, um, but it's just the 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 ease with which a person can toss that kind of shit off, yeah, and not feel bad about it in any way, not feel I know, compromised. I know that he's not going to fe- face any kind of comeuppance. Like he knew yeah. he wasn't going to get sued. Yeah, I'm just saying that maybe we should start. Yeah, dude, or at, at the very least, come on and actually get angry about it. Yeah, and say, of course, I'm not going to fucking do that. That's like. Actually, that's incredibly offensive. That yeah. you just show some passion. About you, I think, yeah, we're I not relitigating that whole thing, but yeah, ne- needs needs to be acknowledged because that's such an unacceptable and disgusting thing to say. Mm. So gross. Uh, next, mm-hmm. we have the Northern Ireland border. Mm-hmm. So, the status of Northern Ireland with Brexit has been under discussion for like a couple of years and really kind of kicked off. It was the main thing that got Theresa May's deal um, rejected. It was that Unionist Tory MPs would not just simply not vote for the customs border to be in the Irish Sea rather than between the Republic and the North. Uh, Johnson repeatedly kept saying, don't worry, there's going to be no border between Northern Ireland and the rest of the UK. <laughs> Literally everybody else, including his own written Brexit deal <laughs> and his Brexit minister said, yeah, there will be custom checks like between Northern <laughs> Ireland and the rest of the, of the country. And like, the update is, he's still fucking doing it. Yeah, yeah. The bill's been passed. It's done. And he's still saying... We are the government of the United Kingdom. I cannot in any circumstances see whatever in which there will be any need for checks on goods going from Northern Ireland to Great Britain. The only circumstances in which you could imagine the need for checks is if those goods are going on to Ireland and we had not secured, which I hope we will, uh, an agreement with our friends and partners in the EU. It's like, no, they. it's actually there. It's done. <laughs> Everybody trying to convince you that this wasn't the major element that they had just caved. They completely caved on it. Yeah. And no one... No one pretending, no everyone pretending that it's not this massive concession that they were really hit up about under Theresa May. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I feel like no one, am I going crazy here? I, I like Has nobody, wouldn't you keep hammering that I day like after day? I the idea of customs checks in the middle of the Irish Sea on the bridge that he's definitely going to build. <laughs> <laughs> the Irish Sea, which is known for having really fine weather that it's never gets water. like, yeah, it's, it's always very calm. And the idea of having to keep on the middle of the... Br- that would be great, though. Like, I know, logistically, they do it at, like, either end. People will die. Yeah. Uh, the next one is Momentum Thugs. Oh, yes. I think you mean Malmetum Thugs. <laughs> to sum this up, a Twitter user called Christopher England, guess what his avi is, um, <laughs> said, the level of violence, intimidation, and interference in other candidates and their campaigns coming from left-wing Momentum Thugs is disgusting. Mm-hmm. These will be Corbyn's enforcers when he is in charge. There will be silence in dissent and free speech and thought with violence. To be fair, that old woman probably really busted up that young man's knuckles when he beat her up and threw her across a car. Broke her ribs. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, this this is something. Maybe it's only uh, a very online thing that people make these claims, or I don't know if people think this in real life. That Jeremy Corbyn mm-hmm. has an army of physical young men, mm-hmm. young brochurists, well, who are actively going around beating up candidates yep. and intimidating people yep. at the ballot boxes. I mean, here we are, but I mean, just think of the future where we could have had uniforms for it. <laughs> if only he got in. Damn. Oh, yeah, the designs already. <laughs> this was definitely something, though, that like this, this, this grew from like a kind of very extremist viewpoint to just like again, just accepted. Yeah, they built a world in which was... this was actually happening, yeah. and then now it's just everything. And so, like, you have political commentators looking at pictures of um, door knockers in places like Chingford, like big crowds of them to go out door knocking, and saying, "Isn't this frightening?" There was a thread just after uh, when Momentum put out a call for people to go busing, yeah. bus to um, things to help um, voters go to mm. things, and all it was was a long line of replies of saying, "Isn't this illegal? Yeah, this is voter so intimidation." Much of that. And it's well, like, what the like, fuck are you talking I about? Remember for years, it was um, the Lib Dems were the ones who had like the very passionate door knockers mm. because you know back, what else they're going to do? <laughs> well, yeah, back then the the idea of like uh, like passionate door knockers was like five people in a yeah. constituency. Um, but they were never like called dangerous folks. Yeah, but it, it's it, it's fitted what? into the idea of him as this far left ideologue who yeah. who also implicitly says he can't win at the ballot box. Now I know obviously yeah. with <laughs> <laughs> past and you know yeah. not really to get in the election again, not yet. Yeah. Um, but it, it it was so embedded among every anti Corbyn voice that this was just. A fact. Yeah. There's no evidence. No. There's never been any pictures of momentum thugs beating no. anybody up. No reports. No police complaints. Nothing. No. Matt Hancock. On the other he... hand, on the on the on the flip side, there's been a lot of uh, momentum and labor campaigners at the uh, receiving end of violence. Yeah. But uh, also, there's no, yeah. there's no reports of it. But in the same way as you know, witness intimidation with the mob. Damn. They're all in witness protection now. That's why they can't come out. Eventually, there's going to be a huge court case. Yeah. Where Jeremy Corbyn is clapped in irons. Like yeah, I'm boss. sure. I'm sure when the official secrets act, um, we get to that time period, like when the stuff gets released from around now. I'm sure all of it will do. It's like we'll show how people were covering up for momentum <laughs> bugs, and definitely not have you know I don't know the that momentum forces. were mainly infiltrated by the cops. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah like, um, Matt Hancock um, when he was supposedly assaulted in that hospital visit. Oh yeah. Um, which oh, yeah. is that light ha- touch on the shoulder? No, it was like it was one of his um one of the people in his team was like hit. They said like he was hit, and it got they hit. got so breathless so quickly. Yeah, like all the media coverage, and then when you see it, it was like a guy was like he had his arm out, and he, and he accidentally walked into it. Yeah. yeah, the best thing about it about that incident was the so like the kind of fantasy world that they construct that yeah. is then immediately cut off by the fact that there was video evidence of this supposed assault. The best thing about Dan Dan Hodges is Dan Hodges is so slow and so stupid Mm -hmm. that he is almost like an after image of what actually they were saying at the time. (laughs) So just afterwards he said, um, I'm afraid the impression of elements of the left as a dangerous rabble has been created by those elements of the left that are indeed a dangerous rabble. Thus undoing all the work of saying, oh no, we never said they was assaulted. We never said momentum thugs. You know, he's an uh, anti-deniability factor on, on Twitter. And then, yeah, you end up with like, oh, there, there was some swastikas spray-painted on, on synagogues in, in London. And, of course, immediately, oh, it's Momentum Thugs. Well, no, they, of course it is. Um, they, they, imply, they didn't say that it was Momentum Thugs. I imagine people online did. Um, because we haven't seen anything about that since, I'm going to assume that it was right-wing. 
Yeah. Um, I think there was some, there was a left-wing Jewish group, I can't remember which one, um, saying, like, which specific right-wing group it was, like, on the day, because they were, like, they've been putting stickers up that say this for, yeah. like, for a while now. Mm. But, yeah, that's... Yes. Uh, next we have oh, Margaret Cutting. Oh. oh, oh, Margaret, where are you? Oh God, I was telling someone about this last Maybe weekend. I couldn't have tried. <laughs> I was telling someone about this last weekend. Yeah. Um, because they they're not they're a, they're a friend of mine who isn't as online. Yeah. Um, they're not so terrible. they so they were they had not experienced Margaret Cutting and Mibuti. I can't believe that this was 2019 because this feels like yeah. it was years ago. Yeah, it was February 2019. So, so tell us about Mark. The best way I can explain it, for a long time there was a Twitter account called Margaret Cutting uh, that was followed by a lot of people on centrist Twitter, the very aggressive anti-Corbyn uh, twi- section of Twitter. Uh, the Avi was of a black lady. And wearing she, glasses. Wearing glasses, yeah. And she tweeted a lot about her um, service in the RAF, <laughs> about how anti-Corbyn she was, mm-hmm. about how Corbyn was a racist, mm-hmm. and she made liberal use of the N-word and other racial mm-hmm. slurs in order to support this. And she was generally taken as this, like, no-nonsense, doughty kind of grandmotherly figure yeah. who talked, like, with a twinkle in her eye about, like, her sexual exploits with the yeah. mister and, and all that kind of stuff. From Francis Barber said that she was one of the reasons. She was like one of the, her favorite. She was like her, her hero growing when she up. Joined, yeah, when she joined the Labour Party in like <laughs> years and years ago. That she was always active around Liverpool. Now, yeah. I don't, the first thing like you kind of think when you see this is, wow, a, a, a woman of colour in a prominent position during the, in the armed forces during mm-hmm. the Cold War. Wouldn't there be anything about her? No it records really, of such a person ever existing. wasn't really anything about her. No. Um, people searched for the Twitter picture, and it was a picture of a, I believe, a Caribbean academic yep. on a university website. Yep, with the glasses photoshopped onto her. Yep. <laughs> they couldn't find... I know where I go outside, I always photoshop my glasses on. <laughs> I just can't see without them. Yeah. Um, and yeah, everyone came up in support of her and she then just got disappeared. She just disappeared. And the the fantasy world-building element is that she didn't just do this on her own. She wasn't. She was supported by a load of people on anti-Gorbin Twitter. Uh, Francis Barber and... All of the... Um, was, um, I think Tracy Ann Oldman. I yeah. Think, I think yeah. the Nashajoo people. I think Oz Kataji was um, probably either like part of it or it sounds suckered like in it. yeah um and i think some of them were suckered in some of, some of them were um like suckered in true believers some of them knew full well that market cutting never existed because mm. i'm pretty certain that some of them run other accounts on twitter <laughs> <laughs> um like it, it did it come out that it's like pretty much like not quite confirmed but very likely to be this like gen x white guy yeah, I think somebody did some did yeah, some digging. Did I'm some just digging. looking at the medium article now, and I don't think they ever identified exactly who it was. But there was a lot of very it was a lot of support for war. I think was yeah. the thing that that mm. kind of triggered it off. And it's like I was deployed with NATO yeah. to help control air cover for UN troops on the ground during the Bosnian War. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was the other thing. She had a husband that Ooh. she ta- that she talked about. Um, the timeline with the husband was very special. Very mm. weird because he had died because of a U.S. airstrike yeah. during Desert Storm. Now, bear yeah. in mind, she said she was in her eighties, yeah, which means that she would have still been working 
I guess in the 60s? So what was this 70-year-old doing in, in Desert the, Storm? Yeah. <laughs> and he had died, but then he came back to life later on because he yeah. was still in the picture. He went yeah. to Afghanistan, didn't he? Oh, no, he? he was in Srebrenica. Oh, okay. So he yeah. had seen the bodies in Srebrenica, which is why we need to bomb Syria. Yeah. I mean, that's the, old, the ultimate thing around here was trying to take away anti-racism cred from the Labour left yep. and having support for war. Now, that's perfect agrocentrism. Yeah. Absolutely perfect. Didn't she say something like... Uh, like Jeremy Corbyn personally screamed in my face in the 1970s or something like that. It was... That seems accurate. <laughs> uh, let me just look this up. It's like, I was at an anti-racism out. Oh no, I think it was like, you with all your lot in Stop the War, you N-worded me as I went to work on Greenham Common or something like that. Yeah. You know, okay. like, just desperately <laughs> trying to have a hit at these like untouchable 70s peace and left-wing movements. They really know? like using that word. They really do, don't they? Uh, she very, very well, much liked using it. you know... Um, James Ball logic, you wouldn't be allowed to use that word if you weren't black. Mm -hmm. So Definitely. obviously she must be black. Definitely. And ironically, she started, towards the end, she started um, doubting the veracity. You know the um, Harry Leslie Smith truthers? Oh yeah, the ones she, who say that who Harry said Leslie it Smith was... was all his son doing it while he's like <coughs> almost a vegetable next to him being manipulated. Yeah. Um, that was uh, that was. Remember how they used to well. say that about um, Jeremy Corbyn when he first came in? That he was like, like at the first, Jeremy Corbyn was a nice guy who didn't really know what he was doing. He was being manipulated by Stalinists, mm. and then he was like a, a vicious Nazi, Stalin himself. Yeah, who was going to destroy the world. And then towards the end again, he went back to being like a quiet, manipulated old man who's too yeah. stupid. It was um, the cycle, wasn't it? It was yeah. he's stupid, he's lazy, yeah. he's evil, he's talentless. Yeah, he's too gentle. Yeah. It was. Just He's a mastermind. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay, next mm -hmm. we have unity governments and fantasy cabinets. There's so many of them. This was mainly, obviously, during Theresa May's tenure. Yeah. The desperate search for, the, for, for someone proper to appoint yeah. rather than have to contest election, an election to stop Brexit. So, the Lib Dem dream. Um, the best example of this uh, was when, on the 11th of August, Caroline Lucas threw down the gauntlet and offered to broker a government of national unity. It would be an all-female cabinet, including herself, <laughs> Nicola Sturgeon, <laughs> Heidi Allen. I just think me, Caroline Lucas, the one MP for my party, should some, for some reason, inexplicably, be, be Prime Minister. <laughs> <laughs> um, there were so many different... For about 15 minutes... Uh, David Liddington was a shoo-in to be the next Prime Minister. <laughs> David Liddington lowered oh, down shit, Tory MP. Yeah, he was like the deputy leader. Yeah, David Liddington. Um, and like, there's been stuff with <laughs> there's been stuff with fantasy cabinets for the Labour Party. Matthew Dancona imagining oh, gosh, all yeah. of the great, all of his favourite Labour MPs. Mm -hmm. The biggest kind of bit was, I think, around the time that all the stuff that around Theresa May was getting towards. Yeah, she's going to have to resign to get mm -hmm. this this deal through. Um. And everybody came out in, in favour of Ken Clark leading a unity government. Yeah. Um, leading an emergency government. And it was fucking hilarious. So Joe Swinson first started proposing it mm -hmm. um, and said that it couldn't be Jeremy Corbyn because it had to be a long-serving MP respected on both sides of the House not seeking to lead a government in the long term. Um, nobody could find Ken Clark for comment, but this got recycled over and over again. And Ken Clark, when he finally commented on the PM programme, said that he had been away for a fortnight and wasn't following the news. But now that he was back, yeah, he would be Prime Minister. Weird, isn't it? You what know? was Ken Clark doing? Was he on, hol on holiday? He was on holiday. Yeah. Oh. Um, 
Emma Kennedy saying, okay, Ken Clark and Harriet Harman have said they'll do it. Dear God, it's the hope that kills you. No, no, like, idea that this wasn't how things work. That you can't just say that there's going to be a unity government and it happens. Yeah, no way should it ever work like that. (laughs) I mean, we've been through how dangerous it can be just straight up appointing people. and, And how, like, even if Corbyn took it, that would be... Like shitty, that would probably yeah. be have been the end of the project right there. Mm. Um, but the idea is what like there's so many people that seem to forget. Well, I say maybe they don't forget. Maybe they do remember exactly how shit Harriet Harman is, mm. and like Harriet Harman is one of the reasons that the the Labour Party swang so far to the left, mm. and um and got Corbyn. Like I remember Harriet Harman being installed as interim leader of the Labour Party and whipping for everybody to vote along to add vote for austerity to um abstain on austerity. Yeah. Um, I remember her criticising Ed Miliband for being too left wing. Yeah, <laughs> and that he should have gone harder on immigration. Yeah, it, it's it's this this impulse that <laughs> because that we're time. so yeah. like I think there is such a should thing as being gone, like <laughs> terminally political, mm-hmm. and a lot of these people think that uh, the solution to a problem is based on a person's individual skills rather than actually the process it gets them to be. Well, their idea of their them skills. Ha- th- because what they can keep- Ken Clark do? Because they keep... Well, he, he looks would- pretty dashing in a cake. He would just vote to stop Brexit. That was their idea. Yeah. He would vote to stop Brexit. What What does that mean? Yeah. We don't know. Mm-hmm. But they were so terrified of a no-deal Brexit and mm-hmm. that was their best shot. Not yeah. win an election, not no. like do anything else. It was appeal to the big daddy of parliamentary process. Yeah. And make it stop. The best thing was um, <laughs> a couple of days afterwards, Ken Clark came out and said, "Yeah, I'd, I'd back Jeremy Corbyn as caretaker prime minister." <laughs> After all of that, yeah. Do you know why? Because Ken Clark, I bet uh, he's worked with him Ken, for about yeah. Ken Clark's years. known him for fucking years, and most of the old MPs who've been in there for a very long time have quite positive things to say about um, yes. about Jeremy Corbyn and how he's not a fucking monster. Yeah. <laughs> It was Which is proof of how fucking how much of a communist Ken Clark is. It was just it was just awesome seeing how <laughs> it was just awesome how weak how weak this was and how yeah. a load of people on Twitter and a load of people online and in papers had just convinced themselves that oh no, this is definitely gonna happen. Talks are in process. Talks are in process. Definitely happening. And it, none of it was ever happening. Oh no, happen. definitely. Nowhere near. No, the thing is, when there's like a there's like a problem politically and a party in government wants to do something and then it can't really do it. Do you know who gets to decide how everything's run? Columnists of the Independent. People who haven't won uh, elections as well. Joe yeah. Swinson was very... What hamstrung Joe Swinson is she had to look as no as anti-no deal as possible, mm. but obviously couldn't propose Corbyn as Prime Minister. So yeah. she had to say, somebody has to be a caretaker Prime Minister. It definitely shouldn't be the leader of the second largest party. <laughs> There's been a lot... That was... Um, yeah, with the caretaker government stuff, there was a whole lot of like... Who is the real opposition? Well, it would be the leader of the largest it's, party. It's the Labour Party, who also actively opposes yeah. most of what the Conservative and Party does. And there's a oh, oh, really, it's like it's no surprise really that um that the SNP do the like as well as they do, and have the attitudes they do to the rest of the rest of this country. When people keep on forgetting that it's not the Lib Dems that are the third largest party. Yeah, that must be really galling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Next we have. Hmm. This is fun. The Queen believes what I believe and is sending me secret messages to communicate With this fact. And hats and dresses. <laughs> uh, <laughs> See, that surely would yes. get you, like, yes. at least a meeting with a doctor. Like, I was watching the TV and the Queen told me for a select, for a select, for her clothing selection her opinion on things. <laughs> you know, what, what this 
a phenomenon reminds me of in particular is when I was working in disability services Mm -hmm. and we had this one lady who would call up, um, you know, we did household repairs uh, and this lady would call up to see if we could solve her issue, which was the man next door was sending evil energy through her electricity, which was making her hunchback grow. Okay. That sounds right. Yeah, it is very similar to that. (laughs) It's, it was the absolute, and Again, like, I, and then I, I, like I, they, it like transferred over as well with them all um, having those T-shirts made up with the spider brooch. Oh yeah, I didn't. Oh realize, my god, I didn't I, see that. I didn't realize yeah. there was a load of stuff around finding the secret message of Lady Hale yeah. when she said that um, was it prorogation or No Deal Brexit was uh, illegal. Yeah, something like that. Um, and they said that Lady Hale's brooch is a signal that tells us it's Boris the Spider, a song by the Who and written by John Entwistle. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What are you talking about? Well, All right, is, it's a good job that it's illegal because nothing illegal's ever done. Look, I, I know that one's a bit of a stretch, but did you see that dessert spoon that she had Trump use? I <laughs> <laughs> uh, see. That means she's waiting for Yuri Geller. Yeah. <laughs> Every time Trump goes to try and shovel something into his mouth, Yuri Geller bends the spoon. <laughs> It's like he's not moving away from it, like a junk spoon. <laughs> but like this was this was mainly kind of um, the the less the more casual opinion columnists yeah. really did this like you know um i think emma kennedy and and people like that um there was one where the queen uh was in cambridge to like plant the first tree in a new hospital or some shit like yeah. that Did she plant uh, tree? <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> she expressly requested that there be no yew tree <laughs> expressly the me tree only <laughs> um Thinking about this, I can't help feeling the Queen is trying to tell us all something again in a hidden message. Come at me with your daft prorogation. Come at me with your traitorous slagging off of my ambassador. Just try it. I swear to God, if the Queen, if I was an ambassador and the Queen ever referred to me as her ambassador, I'd be really fucked up. It's like, look, old woman, we do keep you there as kind of a joke. She's really in charge. And it's like only weird liberals who seem to think that she has any power. No, she is. She could have stopped Brexit any time she wanted, but she was stopped from doing that by traitorous uh, ERG members. Yeah. Who stifled her pro-European voice. And therefore, the only way she could do it was by selecting blue dresses <laughs> with yellow stars on them. <laughs> to be fair, maybe she would have stopped Brexit if she hadn't been too busy trying to cover up her son being a pedophile and murdering Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> yeah, what's the secret thing about that? Allegedly, yeah. boys. Allegedly. <laughs> it's just a Queen's speech next year. And it's, it's not allegedly. <laughs> the Queen's speech next year, and like instead of the framed photo of Harry and Meghan, it's just a photo of the Epstein suicide from an angle you've never seen before. <laughs> just a pile of... <laughs> It's a pile of, um, of um, CCTV tapes. And during an, the speech, apropos of nothing, she just smashes them. It's an X-ray of Epstein's neck. <laughs> Fitz is not like that. Fitz, he's our lawyer. Footage of the footage of the Queen teleporting behind Epstein, saying nothing personal, kid. <laughs> and she snaps his neck. I know Fitz. I'll, I'll solicit her. us. I think it's fine. Okay, come. <laughs> Next one, mm-hmm. uh, Lib Dem polling. Oh boy, building. This, I, I think whole, I'm just angry about graphs. this one. Their graphs, their polling, their entire operation in the election was entirely designed to That's just say that they that were the, ever run. They always do. They're it really has, bad but it was it was especially bad this time. Hmm. Whoa, it was bad this time. Fitz. It was. It was. Wasn't it? Um, taking YouGov polls. And manipulating them to say that Jeremy Corbyn and Emily Thornberry were going to lose their seats. Yeah. 
to the Lib Dems yeah. based on the fact that because they won the European election, yeah. that's what the vote swing would be. Definitely. And it 100%. didn't even say that. No. And it was just absolute, absolute sabotaging themselves. Yeah. Because they were always, if they're an outsider, they have to stick to some kind of, like the problem with the Lib Dems is that even if you like their policies, you don't think they're going to win. Mm. You don't think they're capable of governing and yeah. you don't trust them because they're unknowns. They've never hold, held any particular office or anything like that. And they decided to go in hard on this by moaning about fake news and then being the most fakey news. Yeah. And acting like the coalition never happened. Yeah. It's just... Except to occasionally say that we did the grown-up thing. You guys get a copy of her of their fake newspaper that came through? No. Oh, I no, did. Oh. Uh, they put out this... They, they put something through my door that said, like, local news. And it was just like... Just Lib Dem propaganda and how great like, Joe Swanson was. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I got very little stuff through the door. I got... Like, yeah. you got a lot more stuff than me. Because, like... Um, I got I most... Think, the most I got was from that... The Christian, the group. Christian Women's Party well, it's or whatever. It's, like, it's obviously like the, where they're, the, where the um, different ones are targeting. Because, like, mm. in the village, it's the more affluent bit of Walthamstow... So I think I had like one labour thing mm. and nothing else. But then I got one labour thing as well. And then you um, down on the high street and you just get all this stuff saying Stella Creasy's gonna like make you have an abortion. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna kill your cat. Uh, I do love a, uh, a a one a one issue party. Mm. <laughs> but um, yeah, I didn't get much. It was disappointing. I got like a labour leaflet and the Christian Party leaflet like the day before, mm. like all crammed in all at once and like. <laughs> Yeah, it was just, it was, I mean, I'm assuming some rich, like, reasonably rich businessman has just funded a load of anti-abortion stuff just yeah. now. Yeah. Because that was, their, that was their entire pitch. Yeah. It was actually speaking to all faces and saying, Stella Creasy's got a fortune, kids don't have abortion. So. No, I, I got so excited when I saw them in the square and, like, I, I saw out of the corner of my eye this big poster saying, like, Stella Creasy murderer. And I was like, oh, boy, somebody's going to sock it to her yeah. and then I looked and I was like oh it's her only good position yeah. oh, I, can't, I can't get behind yeah. this they're not talking about how she set fire to the mall <laughs> killed the works I had to go to Stratford to get my games <laughs> um, last one okay the virtue I, I wasn't really sure what to what to call this mm-hmm. but it's I'll try and put it the virtuous press mm-hmm. the idea that the press is required to be impartial, mm-hmm. it, or is impartial, is fair, balanced, and more like the reaction to this whenever mm-hmm. they're criticised, mm-hmm. you know? Um, the best example of this is someone talking about Alan, uh, Laura Koonsberg's uh, tweet about Omar Salem, who is the guy who challenged Boris in the hospital. Yeah. Um, and she like pointed him out as like, this is actually a Labour activist. Well, she said, this is him. And this is him pointing a load of people towards his Twitter account. Mm. Um, the anger over Laura Koonsberg's tweet highlights the major problem Twitter users are constantly having when it comes to understanding journalists. We don't have points or angles when it comes to reporting facts. <laughs> we just a spit re- take. <laughs> <laughs> We're just reporting what's happening. And it's like, even if you accept that there hasn't been this overwhelming bias against Labour and Jeremy Corbyn over the past three years... No news organisation is like that. No, no news organisation just reports the facts. Because it would be like... And he went to a hospital and he shook hands with it. It's like, that's basic, like... It's like primary school current events reporting. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, do you... I remember my... Like, I didn't do politics at school Mm. because I'm not a nerd. But, like, I remember history than talking to us, 
like about the difference between different sources and how people have different you know versions of events. Yeah. Has that been like that was a basic thing that I was taught in like year seven. <laughs> but no, no, the BBC is different and the Independent is different. For example, the difference because the difference between the news that you get from the Independent and the, the news that you get from the Telegraph, mm-hmm. the only difference there is in the quality. <laughs> I never understand that either the quality of the writing yeah it's and like, they even got angry when other fucking journalists were calling it's a house style like yeah. when Peter Oberon started, started when he, um, oh yeah they reserve their greatest vitriol for like a Hitchens or an Oban who mm. calls them out yeah the idea that they're not the absolute top professional of their field and a a vital part of democracy mm-hmm. they fucking hate that mm-hmm Really hate it. Well, I mean, that's why I'm a uh, avid reader of The Sun, because I like news and I also like titties, uh, which uh, the other newspapers just aren't delivering. So. They don't titties anymore, do they? No, I don't think they do anymore. They don't, no. so. Back to the sport. <laughs> and it's like, the, the, the kind of fantasy world-building part of this is the idea that we haven't been paying attention, haven't yeah. been paying attention to the fact that Nick Robinson used to be a Tory um, there, the, was part, the, there was part of a Tory group at Oxford that was so virulent and nasty that Norman Debit shut it down. Yeah. Was that the Monday Club by any chance? Um, it was the one where they was calling for Mandela to be hanged. That sounds like Monday Club shit. That, that eventually, oh, Cameron's friends. Yeah, that eventually turned into like the you know future of Western civilization society and, yeah. and shit like that. Um, but like we haven't been noticing that like you know Newsnight guests question time guests every time it's raised someone like a rob burley will come on and go oh you're all being paranoid and it's you like, don't understand we do notice what's going on <laughs> yeah. here we do notice the kind of voices that get amplified and elevated you know why because it's a news program and that's what you designed it to do Look, you just don't understand the ozamandia's <laughs> editing program that we use <laughs> you just don't understand it's a very complicated thing and sometimes the stuff comes out and it just you press the, you, they've got the switch and it says there's a switch that says Tory propaganda and impartial reviews and it's very easy to knock it when you're reaching for your <laughs> somebody glass switched, of champagne they're written on tape and somebody switched it round yeah it's it's a classic mistake mm-hmm. classic um, it's the one failing of the Ozymandias news programme <laughs> I can't remember what it's actually called but it was a stupid name like that it was a Jupiter programme something like that there's always an attempt to walk through these unthinking peons, um, the the proper tenets of journalism. Yeah. Every time that something like this happens, and they're like, okay, let me explain it to you slowly. We yeah. don't have a bias. And it's like, well, no, you're starting that. That's not a technical explanation. That's like uh, you pleading that, mm-hmm. to say that you weren't biased. Yeah. And you obviously were. You know what voices you're, like I say, you know what voices you're amplifying. But like, Robbie Gibb, um, who is a journalist came out with a list was a of journalist now he works um, then he yeah he came out with a list of impartiality for journalists and stuff like on social media and broadcast it should not be possible to work out a journalist's political views you can't be an impartial journalist and commentator choose one or the other presenters and reporters should avoid speaking engagement paid or unpaid where there could be a conflict of interest and it's like you're the fucking director of communications for for like, Theresa May the Tories was it for Theresa May or someone else it was I think it was for Theresa May yeah, it's like you ran numerous MP campaigns. Yeah. He ran like Portillo's leadership campaign yeah. back in the nineties. <laughs> he used to be the head of Channel Four, and it's like you, we we know. Yeah, it's like there's a great, we know what you are. Thingy Tom Swarbrick on LBC, perfect example. Um, yeah. Who he was? I liked him when he was Nick Ferrari's bully boy. That he'd bully Nick Ferrari would bully him all the time. Like the best one. Remember that squat that was at the bottom of Carnaby Street. Hmm. Um, he sent Tom Swarbrick down like the crack of dawn to try and get an interview. And all you got was them asking him for bacon sandwiches, him going to get them, and them grabbing him and shutting the door in his face. 
<laughs> and so I loved him for that stuff. And then, like, he got the odd show late at night. And then he disappeared from LBC because he was running Theresa May's election campaign in 2017. <laughs> and then that went the way it did. And then he was suddenly back on LBC and no one mentioned it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not hard. You have a LinkedIn. Yes. We know where you are. And I think, like, the the whole idea that raising questions around that is, like, beyond the pale. That questioning, yeah. questioning journalism's integrity is part of the problem rather than part of the solution yeah. is... Part of the fantasy element of that. Yeah, it's like, you know, no, it's just a coincidence that I was in national action for 20 years <laughs> <laughs> before working it. Uh, that's that Ooh, section. So uh, anybody got any, any others? I, I want to give a, a uh, honorable mention uh, to some of my favorite world building uh, that happened over the summer. I mean, technically, it's not good world building or consistent because it completely fell on its face. Um, but the um, the Amazon warehouse worker fake Twitter accounts. Oh, Remember those? Shit, yeah. yeah, that like so much time and effort went into building these and then just completely fucking them up. So you'd have like Tony in the Amazon warehouse and then you just go back a month and it's like Cynthia, the grandma, who is yeah. trying to work and... and uh, 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 get her grandchildren some some great toys for Christmas. But like, um, I think my absolute favorite was like this woman, like she photographed herself standing in a warehouse and like pretending to be cold. It was like, ooh, it's so cold in here. Not, yeah. don't believe everything you read. Amazon, Amazon warehouses are a great place to work. And there were just so many of them, and they yeah. were all really like obviously really funny. obviously fake and very creepy. Yeah. Wasn't there one where they hadn't? They explained it as they hadn't changed the name, but there was a person tweeting, and like there was a person tweeting who'd said like, "Oh, my grandchildren love me working here. It means mm. I have the time to see them." And then they just switched it to like a young Latino fella, yes, yeah. um, without actually explaining, and so they were just tweeting the same stuff out. Yep. Yes, it was. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. That was pretty. And they started venturing into like mental health issues. They say, "Yeah, I struggled a lot with the, the, oh, yeah. that." Was one of the grossest it's, things actually. I struggled oh, a lot yeah. with depression, yeah. but now I realise it wasn't the company's fault. It yeah. was me. It was me. It was my problems. And it's like I can't yeah. fucking believe you're going with that. Yeah, like um, if this was in like in China, yeah, and like you had the like like what's ever what's Chinese Twitter? They've got their Twitter. Oh, um, their social media is Wei Weibo. Yeah. But say, yeah. say like, you had to look, I'm really glad the company installed those suicide nets. Now it's, a, like, a quick way for me to get down from the top floor. Yeah. You know, like, people would be, like, rightfully said, this is fucking horrifying. Well, no, they would go into deep, like, personal revelations mm. in the modern parlance yeah. to go into deep personal revelations about their, their mental health situation, but then sum it up with a, and now I'm fine. Yeah. Which is... Yeah. Gross. Really, really scary. Shuddering. To be fair, like, yeah, other places do that, because, like, poor, um, is it Pangzai? Oh God, poor Pangs Eye. Yeah, my sweet Chinese drinking oh, man. Oh yeah, they got caught by the Chinese state, and now just does lots of cooking videos. Do you think he actually <laughs> lots has of videos been... of him like uh, uh, doing up schools to emotional music? Yeah, drinking, talking about how great family life is. Shots of fruit juice now. Yeah, <laughs> he's a he's a, a sterling example of that old anarchist thing. When you try and capture the state, the state <laughs> also captures you. Yeah. So, um, what traffic was? So what's your favourite? I guess your favourite? It's hard to say favourite. It's hard to say best. Mm. Um, Most convincing, most all-encompassing. The Fantasy Cabinets was funny. Very funny. Journalists as anything other than like... uh, Journalists not having political views is one that I don't think will ever leave us. Mm. I think the People's Vote one disappeared so quickly. Yeah, And that was Mm. like... That was everything. That was yeah. everything for months and months and months. We haven't talked about anything else in this country for years mm. other than remain. 
Mm-hmm. You know, even leave. We haven't talked about leave anywhere near as much no. as we have like the Remain and how many people support Remain and how it's almost done and mm-hmm. how we're going to vote for Remain and it just went as soon as the election came around it it just yep. disappeared it's just done now it's like nobody's even really yeah. talking about that it's you know probably so, by the time this comes out a week away yeah, yeah. so easily dispelled you know um, yeah I think reopening Auschwitz was particularly bad that was horrible <sighs> because that also encompasses a whole load of other stuff that yeah. is like actively just so like the most vile vile thing. and dangerous um, I think I think it might be the imagine like the imagining remain and like the queen has to like filter into that as well because I saw because like yeah. the remain Queen stuff, is very good the remain stuff and the world that they live in should win it because you know like their their weird fantasy cap- their their imagination of a fascist state run by um run by <laughs> Ken <laughs> Clark and Harriet Harman while the Queen signifies to them that it's okay the unity government will be over soon because she wore a specific hairpin <laughs> I think that I think that, that's, yeah, that wins yeah. yeah I'm into the Queen I'm very much into the Queen yeah Okay, our next award, the Shock and Noir Award for Hottest Take. Oh boy, <laughs> there's a lot of these, uh, and I I got rid of some absolute darling takes. Did you? This year, fucking hell, my the stuff I cut out runs to about twenty pages of of stuff. Uh, Which will be one. we'll release our version of um, release the outtakes. We'll release our version of We Didn't Start the Fire. <laughs> it will be 17 hours long <laughs> it'll be your Solaris yes <laughs> uh, so let's uh, let's get started yeah uh, first off James O'Brien compared to Ed Miliband Jezza practically gets a free pass from the Mail and the Sun <laughs> what? yeah he's been pushing that one for ages because and look this is where you go into the, the pathology of James O'Brien like I have listened to that man for a very long time. Mm. I am deeply embedded in his brain. <laughs> like his rediscovery of Catholicism since his dad died. Mm-hmm. And the Ed Miliband stuff. The stuff about him. Like it's nothing compared to what happened to Ed Miliband. It's because they were mean about Ed Miliband's dad. Oh wow. Yeah so that personal It's literally thing, just that. Like conservatives always support LGBT rights when one of their children comes out as gay. Yeah. yeah. And because the, cause the press were mean about. They said that Ralph Miliband hated Britain. Yeah, um, which is a fair position to take, the mm. the Britain shit rather than that Ralph Miliband hated it. Yeah, um, that's that's where they went beyond the pale. That's like that's disgusting. Anything they say about Jeremy Corbyn that he's going to reopen Auschwitz. Yeah, that's nothing compared to saying something mean about your dad because his dad had just died. You know, he co- he he completely sidestepped the uh, Corbyn completely sidestepped the uh, embarrassing bacon buddy photograph by going vegetarian just to avoid it. Yes. Damn. Just another conniving trick. Yeah. <laughs> Smart strategy, yeah. conniving trick. <laughs> Two different things. Yep. Seamus Milne has a lot of conniving strategies. <laughs> yeah, like wearing sunglasses in public. Yeah. <laughs> and appearing in the background of photos not that he a- didn't know were being taken. Not aging as terribly as they'd hoped. <laughs> he really hasn't. He's like 60, isn't he? He's yeah. a handsome boy. It's amazing how, how you age better when you've got money. <laughs> <laughs> it's when you can release all that bile about the security services in print. <laughs> Uh, next we have at Barney Skinner anyone else think for the many and not the few could be interpreted as fuck the minorities (laughs) (laughs) Um, yes yeah Yeah. 
Yeah, there were a lot of people who were, who were um, reinterpreting for the many, not the few, to yeah. mean a lot of different well, it was things. For the many, mm. not the Jew. Yeah. Was, uh, I'm pretty sure that was on a press conference stage at some point, like a progress conference or something I heard like that. that at a Christmas party last year. Mm. You were there. I almost bit clean through my phone. <laughs> That's we have scarring. Mm. <laughs> let's uh, let's judge that on the podcast. Yeah, no, that's definitely frustration scarring. Yep. Yep. Uh, we have Francis Wheatman. Mm. Lucy in all caps. This is okay. Of course. Luciana Berger is a Labour MP. Her mere existence opposes the Tories by definition. What is it? Mm-hmm. Does it? Really? Mm-hmm. I think it does. She wasn't a Labour MP for a lot this year. Yeah. yeah. She, she wasn't a Labour MP in the seat that she was trying to run against Labour in. Yeah. Certainly not. Mm-hmm. Fleet Street Fox. Mm-hmm. This was after in response to demands for Change UK to hold by-elections once they changed from the Labour Party and the Conservative parties. I, think that I always think it's important to remember, when UKIP had that... Mm-hmm. They saw it as a matter of principle that they had to stand have by elections to prove their legitimacy. Being less yeah. principled than you, uh, Mark Reckless and um, the boss's face. Uh, there was one that was the um, one in Essex. Yeah, there's Mark Reckless, who is a terrible, terrible politician in every way. He's Wales now, isn't he? Yeah, he's um, he's, he's an MP he's, in he's Wales. An MP, I think. No, he's a, he's in. Um, I think he's in the Senate. Oh yeah, no, yeah, you're right. He's, he's a, a, an AM, yeah. Yeah, um, and the other one, I can't remember his name, but he's a more competent Tory. Yeah, I can never remember his name. He's the ex-army officer. Um, yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah, anyway. They never matter. But yeah, more principles than <laughs> yeah. Change UK. But anyway, what did the Fleet Street Fox have to say about this? By-elections demand the idiots, which would cost the best part of £2 million, render 420,000 unrepresented as Parliament debates the most important political constitutional change in our lifetimes. He needs a bulletproof lead... vest, not an alternative <clears throat> voting system. Uh, yeah, and lead to an inevitably smaller turnout and mandate. How very democratic of you. So <laughs> that view in microcosm, mm-hmm. having elections mm-hmm. is bad for democracy. It is bad for democracy. And yeah, you're absolutely right. The bulletproof vest, it's not an alternative voting, voting system. Yeah. It's... Want, that picture's of the, um, the baby in the intensive care thing. It's like, do you want this baby to die? Is that what you wanted? Yeah. that's what's happening. Because you just wanted to put greens down as your second preference. Happy now, that baby's dead. And our brave boy just exploded in a cheaply made Humvee. Uh, Nick Cohen. Mm-hmm. Lovely, lovely Nick Cohen. I can feel him. I can feel his presence with us even now. You I can, can feel, feel him grazing my thigh. <laughs> <clears throat> Anti-Semitism knits the new Labour Party together as it allows it to believe it doesn't lose an election because it deserves to lose or suffer criticism because its ideas are arguable. Everything is the fault of a supernatural conspiracy. Mm-hmm. This is the hot take. Incidentally, some of the finest and most poignant political writing around is in resignation letters from Labour. Oh my what the God. fuck world are you living in? Meanwhile, let me just put my arm around my co-worker Tacky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, oh it's just the, it's the idea that like... Uh, like I don't want to lionise the past. Everybody's been stupid yeah. forever and, and crass. There's always been always been that present. I don't want to like make sure it was always better in the seventies when mm. there were real politicians and mm. all that. But the idea that the resignation letters as like manipulative and, and, and not not in depth at all. It's like it's not political writing. No. They had a gripe yeah. that they then stood down from. Like, the only one you could even come close to even having sympathy for was Luciana Berger. Yeah. Maybe. Mm. But 
It's just which, this... time when, which time she resigned from the Labour Party because of anti-Semitism. <laughs> uh, have we done an episode on the Easter Manifesto? We must have. We we've talked about it a lot. I don't think we've done a particular thing because I went through that whole thing looking for thing. signatories. Yeah, there's a lot of people. I think George Eaton did. Did he? I think so. Yeah, it's like a list of danger dads. It really is. <laughs> the, the number of the number of things that the number of people that are on that list. And have gone on to do great things. Yeah, uh, is shocking. I had to explain to Holly what the Easter Manifesto was, and it was just mm. like it was danger dads, it's danger dads who love war. As much as sure start. As much as anything, and you what, shouldn't be anywhere near an office party. As much as anything, it was um, an indication of how politics would be done. In that nobody fucking read it. Nobody yeah. who what didn't work for the Guardian. Yep. Because Twitter wasn't there. Like no. Facebook wasn't there. That you had the archipelago of blogs mm-hmm. that covered it, and those were the only people who cared yeah. about it. It had no bearing on actual politics or, or people's conditions as it as it as it was as it happened. Yeah. Which kind of explains like kind of signaled the trend yeah. that would go along with Twitter mm. that we would all get really hit up about this thing that nobody else um like engaged with in any way. Yeah. Which you know is either a fault of politics or Twitter or modernity, I don't know. One of them. <laughs> uh next we have Claire Lehman of the Quillette. Oh editor of the oh. Quillette. Oh no. This is this is this is a traditional a traditional hot take okay. in in the classic style. All right. I would say that most of the time, inequality and poverty in advanced economies cannot be solved via the simple redistribution of wealth. If you've ever worked with, lived, or spent actual time with people trapped in the underclass, the problem is not lack of money. To clarify, I'm not saying poverty is simply caused by addiction. It clearly isn't. No one said that. All I'm saying is that the idea that redistributing resources alone will somehow magically solve the problem of poverty is naive, bordering on delusional. Every single time. Mm. Every Mm -hmm. single time. What's the thing? What's the hot plate? What's the third rail you can't touch? Mm -hmm. Is redistribution of wealth. Mm -hmm. And every time they come out against it. Well, it's Birmingham and you were like really broke. Mm -hmm. Like you were really broke. Remember that? um, that Money couldn't have helped me. That flat you were in which um, which had like um, scarring on the door from when someone went at it with a knife and you had to have like blankets up against the window during the winter so your rats wouldn't die. Oh, that no, that was Nottingham. That was my first house I lived in in Nottingham that had um, cracks in the wooden door so large that you could see through them. Oh, that was the door that was held together by cling film? Uh, yes. Yeah, um, and finance wasn't a problem there. Yeah, no, the blankets on the windows was when I lived in Birmingham, yeah. which was when the window broke and I was behind on rent because I didn't have a job. Yeah. Um, and I had to um, tape a load of blankets to the windows because it was that really, it was like 2010, I think, yeah. or 2009. Well, I have to say, I don't think that's a money problem. I think that's a personal problem. <laughs> it's have my, you considered getting good at life? It's my addiction. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Classic. Uh, we have... To be fair, your addiction to McDonald's does do horrible things to your finances because you keep on thinking that the, the burger du jour might be actually nice and you have to buy yourself an extra quarter pounder because it's never good. No, I buy it because I'm, I'm, I'm greedy. <laughs> I buy it because I'm it's a glutton. A greed. I'm a, yeah, I'm a glutton. I'm not a, a miser. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, next we have Tom Holland. Now this was in response to uh, Shamima Begum, the woman who... Uh, travelled to Syria to join ISIS Mm. Um, she named her son Jarrah um, after a 7th century military commander Islamic military commander who was a companion of Muhammad Uh, not talking about the particular thing but talking about the choice of name 
If she'd wanted to signal that she was returning to Britain in peace, she might have considered naming her baby after some other than, someone other than a general from the early days of the Arab conquests, chiefly famed for beating the crap out of infidels. Tony Blair Begum. <laughs> <laughs> that would have gone down really well. Wolfowitz Begum. <laughs> that would have just been... She would have been fine. <laughs> I... It's like there are obviously um, Muslim people tend to name their kids with names from the religion. It's not ISIS child brides also famously have a lot of say over everything. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, you know, I'm sure she got to make a lot of decisions. But also, it's like, does that mean nobody Feminazis can be called ISIS. like? Is no one can be called like? What's the name of the commander of the walls of Jericho? Um, uh, yeah, when the walls of Jericho came, there's like no, no, like um, Hebrew commanders, military yeah. commanders, no, no, no Davids. No. No souls? No. None of that? No? Sounds anti-Semitic to me. Uh, The hot take was what he responded when somebody called him out on it. He said, if someone accused of a deep hatred of the Irish calls their son Oliver, what are you going to conclude? (laughs) It wouldn't be a commentary on the historical Oliver Cromwell to argue that it might have a certain significance, nor a mark of Anglophobia. I'm afraid that having walked among the bones of women slaughtered by ISIS, I am not prepared to whitewash the complicity of those who support them. Who's this who's walked through the bones? This is Tom Holland. Who is a if you don't know is a historian with questionable views on Islam. <laughs> Has he been walking through like fields? Apparently of bones? so. <laughs> <laughs> He's been stomping on bones. <laughs> it's like, as, as I was stomping through a graveyard, <laughs> I don't even know why he was doing something on Greece. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, next we have James Patrick. I love James Patrick personally. I think he's uh, fucking hilarious. Sorry, we've only just started drinking um, booze and I've already spilled beer all over my thing. <laughs> James Patrick, just on a personal note, because stuff, if you can be outside the M25 border oh, I love of him. London on March 29th, do be outside it. If you can't, stay indoors. <laughs> Nothing else. Yep. <laughs> He has been asked what this meant. Yep. What some, it was indicating. Some of you are cool. Don't go within the M25 this day. <laughs> it's like it's good you... advice all the time, frankly. Yeah. Like, um, London is a fucking hellhole. Next, we have now. This isn't actually about Anthony Barnett, who is the founder of Open Democracy, mm-hmm. um, at the Open Democracy website. Uh, This is in response to something he said. So he said, I've asked an awkward question about who should lead the pro-EU campaign if there is a referendum. Yeah. Somebody called at Gaiety's CC simply Mm. replied, The reified truth! (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And as a follow-up, said, if there was a second referendum, I think all campaigning should be banned. A simple statement of facts for each option presented should be issued, and then silence until the vote has taken place. Why can't we vote for someone who's eaten the truth truth fruit? (laughs) (laughs) It's just all caps. The reified truth. (laughs) As he came down on a sunbeam. (laughs) If we can weaponize truth. Damn. It's a weapon weapon to surpass Metal Gear. Uh, next we have at waffling in the dark if petulant determination worked Corbyn would be home free character is proving to be a draw which is why Jez's star is on the wane Tig has nothing but character which is why Corbynites focus vainly on policy right now not being racist is policy enough I can right now say that you know waffling in the dark very apt uh, username there (laughs) I like like, Tig is like full of characters and it is it's full of characters from a DLC no one ever wanted (laughs) 
It is. It's another. They are the DLC of parties. It's definitely. another Fire Emblem character in Smash. <laughs> they are. Um, they are a, a pup named Scooby Doo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. We have twisted Kelpie uh, in response to Diane Abbott saying that the term "coloured" is an outdated, offensive, and revealing choice of words. Mm-hmm. Can't remember who said. What it. do you mean? EU Supergirl used it. Yeah, yeah it's fine. <laughs> oh, twisted Kelpie would have some words with you because they responded. It's a word a generation was taught to use to be polite. Please respect our culture too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good the, one. The old culture. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Oh, God. Like, even my mum. Our culture is based around the 70s slur words. Like, um, I think I've talked about before, like, my grandmother was, like, a patriarchal racist. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said bad words. Um, but she always thought she was being polite. Even my mother would not say that, you know, you should respect that. My partner was on a bus in Birmingham and she was talking to this uh, old woman about something. You know the old woman who'd like to talk to you on the bus? like. Yeah. And uh, she said, you know what? You colours are all right. <laughs> to my <laughs> partner who is Indian. <laughs> and it's like, I wasn't so much offended as it was... Confused. Incredibly strange. <laughs> the idea that I was all right. Yep. <laughs> Oh, oh that's a good one. not respecting that culture. Well, I mean, she is the spokesperson for all for all Indian people. So. It's fair enough. So yeah, it's yeah. it's good that she said that to her. Actual title, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, Jess Phillips mm-hmm. in the Times. Leadership hopeful. Je- hopeful is the word. <laughs> Jeremy Corbyn seems equally out of touch to the thirty-seven-year-old Brummy mum. There is an old-fashionedness about both of them. Uh, Corbyn and May. They're talking about. They are of a bygone era. It's a bit like the good life. She's Margot and he's Tom. Their politics are so 70s. It's hate migrants, love minors. They're both in this terrible situation where they're very traditional, very stubborn, bloody difficult people and can't assimilate with groups of people who aren't like them or admit when they've made mistakes. What about Theresa May being like Margot from the good life or like a Mm. 70s conservative leads her to say that she loves minors? Yeah, but also... Why does Corbyn hate migrants? Yeah. This is specifically also, doesn't. Jess Phillips is like, oh, it'd be much better if you know you just hate minors and hate prostitutes women. <laughs> also, it'd be much simpler if you just hate everybody, like oh, Jess Phillips. Also, the idea that like, oh, that Corbyn, he's very known for his traditional, you know, all right, grandpa, fucking taking up your yeah. ve- your vegetarian cuisine <laughs> and you're advocating for people's displaced by violence and generally, you know. Advocating for my it's like, a typical what? 70s idea of um, giving the Chagos Islands back. <laughs> uh, oh, next we have another Nick Cohen. <laughs> no way forward on offer, no leadership, no plan. Left and right rage against the elite. It doesn't exist. There is no elite establishment <laughs> or ruling class. Oh my god. No one is in control or has the smallest idea what to do next. Bold. It's incredibly daring. bold to just toss off. To toss off a comment like, there's no there's no such thing as an elite that are protected. There's no such thing as non-disclosure agreements or D-notices or anything like that that protect the elite. Nothing like that. Nothing like a mysterious royal, paid royal teleporting assassin. <laughs> I imagine you'll say I'm just conspiracy theorists. I do like, that's one of my favourite things. It's like, oh, ruling class, who are they then? And it's like, uh, top people in every corporation, bank. You work at the Spectator, motherfucker! Yeah. How can you have one conversation with Taki and not... Like, you'd come away with two two things if you have a conversation with Taki. First off, 
he's got some really questionable views about the Second World War. And the next off, oh yeah, there is definitely a global elite and this man is definitely a part of it. He literally lives, he lives in, um, where is it? Uh, uh, that Swiss ski resort. That's yeah. what his, most of his columns are about. Is about new money coming yeah. to this Swiss ski resort where, you know, he abseiled with Peter Sellers or something. You know, where he, he takes his Nazi gold out of the bank. <laughs> Yeah, I love I love that. It's like not that they're not who you think they are, or yeah. they operate in a different way. Yeah, there is none. None. It's like there specifically all. is. Yeah, um, Nick Cohen, who still pretends he's left wing, doesn't he? Is he one of those ones who? I don't think he, I don't think he does that anymore because that's more a, a. Don't get me wrong, he has a lot of the tenets of a spiked online writer, mm. but he's too slow moving and too lazy. So he doesn't say he's left. He's too anymore. lazy to be. Uh... He just says I'm center. You know, yeah. I'm sensible. I'm I, he's. I think he's trying some sort of plausible deniability with the usual suspects. Uh, mm-hmm. Back uh, when uh, either he's deleted his Facebook or he's blocked me. But uh, back when uh, back when I was Facebook pals with Oz Catterjee, yeah. I saw lots <laughs> of you pal- mates of him. Best mates in the world. Uh, I saw a lot of palling around between him, Stella Creasy, and Nick Cohen. Oh, so. Uh, Oh, that's a real Algonquin round table. But yeah, I uh, I reckon he, he thinks he's he's at least pretending to be a liberal. Yeah, he I mean obviously but, liberal values are his thing. Yeah. And he thinks that is what the left is and that therefore he needs to punch against like authoritarian leftists or mm-hmm. whatever, but it turns out it's just everybody on the left. Yeah. And most liberals as well. <laughs> um Yeah, uh we have What's Bappin? Oh, He's an internet personality. I don't know if anyone else knows who he is, really. Well, he baps, therefore he is. Uh, Well, he was bapping. He's now doing something else. Uh, Like saying that Saudi phobia is a real and enduring problem on the left. It really is. Boom. That's it. That's just it. Short (laughs) shot. What's bapping? This tweet. That's what it is. Saudi phobia is horrible. It's up there with Ducha phobia. (laughs) I do kind of love... What's bapping for a lot of reasons, and that's how like, angry it makes us catching. Yes, <laughs> uh, the is it him? I th- no, no. Mm. Is it a separate person? Mm. It's an agrocentrist. Mm. It might be one of his alls. But no, like the Hard same. Say. You know, when people say what's bapping. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and how much that makes us catching very. Gross. He, he gets <laughs> yeah. very upset about it. He thought it was funny for a while, and now yeah. he, he sees no yeah. humor anymore. But uh, being uh, being the pro Saudi reply guy with the anime avatar mm-hmm. is pretty special. Yeah, yeah. Um, Saudi Arabia very pro anime, <laughs> pro waifus, mm. lots and lots of waifus. Yeah. I imagine they're probably just as into hyperdimension Neptunia as the Vatican is. <laughs> I can uh, see the crown prince being into Tenchi Muyo. Hmm. Oh, that would imply that he has taste. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have Gav Mason. I guess it's just nobody. Um, the Polish section, this is talking about the People's Vote March. Mm-hmm. The Polish section of the march have went on a rampage. 40 cars have been valeted, 10 kitchens fitted, and 200 missing roof slates repaired. Hashtag People's Vote March. Fuck off. Just, oh. just fuck off with that shit. I love, like, it's um, yeah, the Remainer person. Like, Remainer racism. Yeah, of like, well, they're such industrious workers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're so much hard. They're such hard Where am I supposed to get my ungodly cheap car wash now? Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> fuck off. Marc Francoise. Oh, you know him. You know him and love him. If sweet, you... sweet, eggy boy. He's so eggy. He looks like he smells of egg. <laughs> Most definitely. Really does. He does have an egg sandwich in his pocket. At all times. Just in case. The same egg sandwich. <laughs> yeah, but it has... Well, he changes the egg, keeps the bread. Well, since he's been in... So, since he's been an MP, he's always had access to snacks. 
so he doesn't need to eat it, but so he sort of forgot about this, his emergency <laughs> egg sandwich. You know, whenever you see in Pret-a-Manger those little pots of uh, spinach and a hard-boiled egg, that's, that's who that's for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He said, if you try to hold us against our will, you will be faced with perfidious Albion on speed. <laughs> <laughs> On crack, grand. I love, I, I love grand political writing. Nick Cohen said it's the most. I don't uh, hang prestigious around. political, like, prestigious political. Writing. I don't hang around with many. I don't take as many drugs as I used to. I don't hang around with as many people who take mm-hmm. lots of drugs anymore. Um, I would never say that the English speed freak <laughs> is a thing to be particularly afraid of doing something of like that you need to be worried about. How is speed going to help? Is the question here? Like, <laughs> it's just going to be like what we already did, but faster. You get your it's room like, at the squat clean anything... pretty quickly. <laughs> there is that um, grinding your teeth, <laughs> grinding your teeth while furiously mopping, developing That's... a heart problem. Yeah. That sounds like leave to me. Way. <laughs> uh, next, Julia Hartley Brewer. Whew. What would happen if I tried to drive my car across the bridge they blockaded, <laughs> as I am legally entitled to do? I am legally entitled to run over children. It says so right here in my driver's handbook. In response to Extinction Rebellion. It's yeah. like that classic thing of, look, I I respect the right to protest, but uh, if it in, in, involves my, in, interrupting my well, day, it's, it's in Bart, any way, I will kill you. It's Bart saying, I'm just going to be punching the air. And if you walk in front of my fist, that's on you. But she's like a paid journalist who obviously doesn't have a political view. It's good. It's good that she's so neutral, I, I think, um, mm-hmm. when it comes to these kind of things. Uh, Jess Phillips again. Mm-hmm. Join me in the alt reasonable movement where nuance, <laughs> understanding, and effectiveness is spread with passion and bants. Bants. With a Z. She's terrible, isn't she? She's really, like, just even what she's trying to do, she's yeah. bad at that. There are, like, a couple of things. Um, you know, obviously, it's on my mind again because the kid she's has in the left. Leadership. My, my, my kid has left. Oh, sorry, she's sorry. Got so, like, there are a couple of things, like, given her, like, fatherly advice on people to avoid <laughs> and one of them was people who say bants mm-hmm. um, because they are dangerous only Tories say bants mm-hmm. and sex offenders Yeah, and <laughs> that Venn diagram is like <laughs> that's, that's just a circle <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> next we have at Emraz uh, who on her profile says she is the feminist next door Wall Street is not the enemy of working people for oh, fuck's sake definitely not this take is so pedestrian Wall Street pays your 401k, funds your state's disability payout, and finances your town's community centre. That is the level of involvement it has in your life as an average Joe. JP Morgan isn't stopping Medicare for all, Goldman isn't hiking federal student loan interest, and neither are refusing to pay people. Wall Street makes money no matter what system is in place. They're a disinterested party. Stability and predictability are their interests. I think if the last 10 years, has, the last 20 years, has told us one thing, it's that finance capital, it loves stability. It does. It's Same does. old, same old. That's why so many of them are not on coke. <laughs> we have never lived through a market crash. <laughs> and not seen then them cackling about the ones who've made the money out of the crash. And then everything going back to normal. And then another crash. I just love the idea that because JP Morgan aren't specifically putting out press releases, mm-hmm. I actually don't know even if they are, but it, even if they were, like that, the, because they're not um, putting out specific press releases saying, we don't like Medicare for all, that therefore they have no interest in yeah. it. It's like you need fucking Marxism shot into your brain <laughs> from the back, preferably. 
it's fucking it's connected you know they make money when other companies make money it's ah no, just they get read it a from... fucking book <laughs> Jesus it's, it's the Harry invisible Potter hand of the Potter. market yeah, yeah. <laughs> they read Harry Potter what would you want I'd expect them to read two books <laughs> well two books because technically Prisoner of Azkaban and I don't know oh yeah there's seven The Hunter of Jemiafran or <laughs> The Hunter books. of Jemiafran know, yeah. um, Bob Stewart next Tory MP and ex-army officer Oh, why he's, he's backing Boris. He's a good boy. One quick way of me assessing people is whether I would trust them with a platoon of 36 soldiers if mm-hmm. they do an, if if they to do an attack. Fuck's <laughs> sake. <laughs> cool. This strikes me as some stolen valor shit. Yeah. No, he was properly He like, was yeah, in the army. Prop, like he was um, yeah. he fought in Bosnia, I think. Mm-hmm. Um like like we you know, we have quite a lot of like but you know, they're British like it's like a family thing almost. Like they've been, they directed like, the airstrikes. Like their great grandfathers had commissions bought for them type stuff. Yeah. Like just imagine Boris Johnson leading the charge of the light brigade, sitting on a Shetland pony, and that's the fantasy <laughs> these people have. Yeah, but like, what's his thing? Like how they deal with this with his kill squad? No, that's it. <laughs> oh, just how they deal with uh, it. It's 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 how they'd organize the kill it's, squad. It's I would do really well. Like I've played a lot of Warhammer Forty K. Mm-hmm. I have. I have all, well, okay. I've done more organizing platoons on like <laughs> I reckon I could do pretty well. I'll do the website. Yeah, <laughs> I could do pretty well. And I, was, I like Imperial Guard. I could do this. It's just like organizing thirty-six people, and it's like that's not how anything works. That's not how any element of politics works. It's because they think it's a function of willpower and personal charisma, as yeah. opposed to deep, deep structural it's a thing elements them. all linking it's a, up together. It's a weird thing, like tied into what's happening at the moment like with the hustings that were last night I think yeah. um, there was someone who knows Keir Starmer said he wants to run the Labour Party like CDS it's that kind of weird thing of like um, uh, you know like a manager is a manager yeah it's that logic again it's the manager could be a manager wherever they are they don't need to know yeah. anything about the particulars of yeah. what they're doing whether they're managing Actually, a Greg's yeah. or they're managing a, a kidnap and kill squad yeah that's an interesting flip side to the neoliberal everybody is an accountant now mm. that everybody is an army officer Actually, that's incredibly worrying <laughs> that's an incredibly bad look for our culture and our society isn't it it really yeah. is Ugh. next we have James Patrick Things you are going to need in the coming months if you are a Brit. Okay. Batteries, shelf-stable food, first aid kits, a blacksmith. <laughs> okay, admittedly, okay, I have a lot we of We do dry, need some swords. As a vegan, I have a lot of dry lentils. Yeah. Just around, because mm-hmm. it's just, it's just to collect them. I've got lots of batteries because of controllers. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to be a blacksmith. <laughs> like anyone who's into fantasy books and metal. <laughs> I could do this. Okay, what else do I need? That's it. Was that it? <laughs> no, that is it. He said they'll need batteries, shelf stable food, first aid kits, a blacksmith. One of those things is not quite like the others. No, but why do I need to be a blacksmith? In this no, situation? he won't explain. Well, you know, is it, it because we've got a lot of concrete and horses constantly need reshoeing a lot more on concrete. So you're going to you're gonna have to do some farrier work. But farrier work's different from blacksmithing. Yeah. I've got some questions about this. <laughs> I think we're burying the lead here, and that's if you uh, duck and cover under the table, the Brexit will just pass right over you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. What are the batteries for exactly? Are they for flashlights? Because all the electricity's gone. Um, presumably. He is he is a guy who tries a lot of different personas. Quite a lot of the time he talks about how he's really good at like one of the things I cut out of this actually, he's if only people knew about dynamic risk mitigation, mm-hmm. what this is. He also produces polling data that is pulled from absolutely nowhere, pulled from up his ass. And when people ask for sources, oh, yeah, he, he says, says no. pay me two thousand pounds. He tried to fund some kind of. Go talk to my blacksmith. His te- <laughs> technical thing is he's he's part of this 
I don't even know what it is. An organization think tank called Kynafin, which is which has training courses for blacksmithing. Talks, talks about planting trees, but also talks about that kind of adv- advice services to corporations with the implication that it's a little... He also has the implication that he's a little bit intelligence service-y. Oh, and that's how he knows about bad things are going to happen. Yeah. And how he also knows that we need to be able to make a lot of axe heads real fast. He's, maybe- the, he's the data spy. Yeah. He's the data spy. Maybe you don't have to be the blacksmith, and maybe, you know, if uh, if you just go out into you the wilds and slay ten golems and bring their hearts to the blacksmith, <laughs> yeah. you can get your income that way. That's a good point. Yeah. You have to upgrade it first. Mm. But yeah, sure. So, batteries. Batteries, shelf-stable food, first aid kits, a blacksmith. He's talking about, like, classic fucking survival issue. Yeah, yeah. Like your best mate who goes, like, camping for two days in the woods I and says, a... I could definitely survive a zombie apocalypse. But I can't know? run a TV in the connection of fucking double A's. <laughs> so how am I going to watch for Crunchyroll? That's what you've got the blacksmith floor for. He's got a suitable Wi-Fi signal. <laughs> Blacksmiths are always known. The thing is, you can trust the blacksmith is what they always say. They've always got a Crunchyroll and a Funimation account. <laughs> Whereas a farrier only has the Funimation account because they're weird. Mm. <laughs> uh, next we have James Ball. And a first aid oh. kit. Sorry, no, it's the first aid okay, kit as well. Yeah. So she's also like, well, first aid because, kit, like, because you're, you're an da- amateur fucking blacksmith. Some you've alcohol just, wipes. You've only just started learning because Brexit's happening, so you're not a great blacksmith, so you're going to have to be constantly dealing with your burns. <laughs> Cutting fingers off. Yeah. Oh, okay, Carol. <laughs> next we have James Ball. Nationalising stuff only makes it cheaper if you also subsidise it. Oh my god. If we could move past a weird fixation with who owns stuff, we could get on with actual stuff that would help people and focus our money there too. No shit, You only get to eat from your apple tree if you you pluck the apples. He's like, he is. If the phrase, no shit Sherlock, uh, came to life and developed a sentience, it would just be James Ball. He is... Yeah incredible at stating the obvious it's like yes of course if you nationalise it you have to fucking subsidise it yeah. it's not subject to the market anymore dickhead <laughs> ah um oh this is an extremely weird one alright Andrew Lillico okay <clears throat> talking about I don't know how this thread started but they were talking about how people feel when they have um when they're subjected to ASMR Okay. And about, like, I assume, they never actually say it, but, like, a weird feeling comes over them, or, like, a shiver down their spine. Mm-hmm. He said, it's apparently a grooming response that humans have carried over from other primates. Okay. When I'm getting my hair cut, it's often so strong I have to concentrate if I want to speak. Let's get sexy now. Oh, the other big smokes. things that used to trigger it most strongly were if a small child whispers to me, or any kind of warm breeze. In my 20s, those created issues two or three <laughs> times... When I was driving. Oh my god. Was it right, get his hard drives now. <laughs> Wasn't Lilico the one who was planning to kill his wife? What? Didn't he have a thing when he was talking He's about He's an extremely like, weird man. I think he used to be like a proper Tory journalist and yeah. just went to a think tank and went mad. Kind of lost it a bit. Because like... I like the only ASMR video I know is the um the um, Funky Kong being <laughs> revealing yourself there. <laughs> the Funky Kong being nice to me. Everyone's had that. It's pretty nice. Helping you, helping you with your divorce. Yeah, I've got that. I've got that ready. With <laughs> <laughs> the inevitable happens. It's so strong. I have to concentrate if I want to speak when I'm getting my hair cut. It also happens when a small child whispers to me in my car. Like, 
Um, okay, I don't have it with my From head. the boot. I know. It's more a banging than a whispering. But... Holly's, Holly falls asleep when she has a haircut. Yeah. Well, I think that's less to do with the talking. It's more because it's just someone. I find nice, it incredibly relaxing because nice also it's you're massaging head. your head. Like, yeah. Your head has a lot of nerves on it. I don't because my head, whenever I've you never got to. Well, no, I sometimes do, but when, you don't have when a I do, my, um, my hairdresser, he talks to me about Final Fantasy XIV. Oh, that's the dream. <laughs> yeah. And, I just, I'm dangerous. I'm quiet. I don't know what to talk about. And I think, like, if I'm cutting this person's hair, I don't want them to be engaging me in pointless conversation. Oh, I just no. want to get on with my job. So I just sit there quietly and... Oh, my hairdresser's very chatty. Yeah. He, got, he got told because he kept, he got told off because he kept on showing people his poi videos. <laughs> <laughs> just hard living in Wolfenstein's Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> Uh, next up, we have Rachel Riley. Mm. Oof. In response to a brass band playing Hava Nagila at a miners' gala, she said, It's as tasteful as showing Black Panther at a clan rally. I think you may be losing perspective, Rachel. <laughs> I really do. Um, yeah, it really doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, like, her whole. She's really had a hell of a year, hasn't she? She is in. She's she has. Really taken on the tactics of being super online aggressive. Yeah. At nothing. At nothing. The Durham Miners Gala has been going on for fucking years. It is not particularly so associated with anti-Semitism. <laughs> it's there's no there's no cultural link there. You no. know what I mean? There's no. She could have at least said Black Klansmen. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's um. Yeah, she is particular. Like um, and Rachel Riley was actually quite. She's probably quite useful as like a case study mm. in how people can be driven mad by the internet because I remember like there was like she made one comment about anti-Semitism and then someone got angry with her and then the people who rushed to her defence were some of the worst people on Twitter yeah. and then within like a month or two then she's Full you know worms. she's there with um with Tracy Edelman hassling a 15 year old it's an, it's an ironclad rule that the people who get um, who talk constantly about pylons and um, aggression and trolling are the ones who are the most aggressive people mm-hmm. on social mm. media by far. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. Uh, next, we have Alistair Calder. Alistair Calder McGregor, sorry, a Lib Dem former PPC. I see Labour have cottoned on to the fact that the Lib Dems are about to take Sheffield Hallam off them and decided to try love bombing. Sorry, not sorry, guys, but there's about 20 years of you being irredeemable shits to us and now it's payback time. Bold. Ballsy. Yep. Vote him for leader, Lib Dems, because, <laughs> frankly, if you can have someone who can be that aggressive about denying reality... <laughs> uh, well, yeah. that's like, that ties into some of the stuff we've said before. back that up? No? Okay. Yeah. Some of the stuff we've said before about how um, Labour councils are so horrible. Yeah. And that, you know, if they're the ones that you mainly interact with... Yeah, that's true. To UMP. Yeah. But yeah, he's mad as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's Sheffield Allen. Nick yeah. Clegg's old seat. Yeah. Yeah. It was Nick Clegg who was a new, it was um definitely the Labour yeah, MPs at that point who definitely. were irredeemable shits. Yeah. Horrible monsters. Um we have Sol Vilkapolski, okay. who is a Tory councillor in Barrow. Why is Corbyn inciting hatred of the wealthy? I guess it's consistent with his hatred of Jews. <laughs> Hold on, that's not <laughs> That's not the thing. Oh, okay. The wealthy pay far more tax and create more jobs than his tribe. <laughs> okay. Is that the, the 13th tribe? <laughs> so should be celebrated and cherished, not derided. Wealth should be a protected characteristic. It should be. Boom! <laughs> it should be. That's so hot. It should be. It goes into the folder with deutrophobia. How do you, how do, you do that? How do you both like 
have a go at Corbyn for having like talking about the wealthy and talk about the fact that he's like being anti-Semitic. Then kind of be anti-Semitic yourself twice mm. and then say well should be a protected characteristic. Well it's like um the calling Corbyn anti-Semitic for so long has empowered a bunch of real weirdos. Yeah. And then you have like them copying Trump stuff. Yeah. Of like, you know, like Trump gets a lot of credit for a lot of stuff, but the Trump the Trump thing of like um like I know you Jews don't like me. Um, but you're not going to vote for for, for, for Pocahontas because she's going to take all your money. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's, like, it's yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it's obvious class interest. It's, yeah. it's, it's sure, but it's just the way that they choose to express it in a moralistic framework is yeah. twists them in these bizarre, it really does. These bizarre shapes. Uh, next we have Andrew Adonis. Adonis defines Remainism as a revolt of the middle class. This was an interview with him in The Guardian, I think. And that is why he believes that in the end Brexit won't happen. The English middle class, deeply alarmed, will be heard and will win. That's my whole experience of politics. That's not really, I wouldn't say, a hot take. That is profoundly sad and revealing about him. Mm-hmm. That it's like, of course it is. Everything about your politics has been based around winning like uh, suburban middle England. Mm-hmm. And you haven't and he changed. Never, well, he never won anything. Yeah. He never won anything personally. No. Yeah. But he's like, like seven that times, I think. Yeah. He tried to win an election seven times he lost and then was made a lord. <laughs> <laughs> Just absolute faith in the middle classes and <clears throat> seems to be the trend with the House again. of Lords. Yeah. 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 It's the ultimate fail sons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Zach Osmond looks oh, oh, doesn't he look so cute in his uh cape? It's ethically sourced I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Next we have someone called Boff Chops. Okay. Good name. <laughs> oh, this is gonna be good. <laughs> yeah, great. Um of course, in Corbyn's world, you don't need good exam results. You just need to be related to Corbyn or McCluskey or the other cronies and be born into wealth like Corbyn. Or under <clears> a <throat> Labour government, just get a free council ghetto and free doll wow. money. The funniest thing about this is that he's got hashtag universal basic income in his bio. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. That's pretty good. Free money for everybody. Oh boy, when I, was, when I was on the doll, I was living high on the hog with my yeah. £35 a week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. I have, I was never happy at all. <laughs> Hot take there. <laughs> uh, next we have Emma Kennedy. Everyone write to the Queen. Do it today. She's in Balmoral. <laughs> Jenny Eclair responds after the Queen obviously doesn't fucking stop Brexit. Jenny Eclair, for some reason, yeah. responds, I'm really disappointed in the Queen. Emma Kennedy says, don't be. She'll have been forced to do it. <laughs> there, was, there was there was a very good uh, Simon Hedges around this as well. I think he replied, like, does somebody have her email address? <laughs> <laughs> See, the thing is, the poor Queen, every, she got all those letters. They turned up in the sack, as they do, and she gets them all in front of her. And she always responds to all of her fan mail. She always Dear does. Queen! Yeah, she always responds to her fan mail. But the thing is, she couldn't stop Brexit. Because she'd already made deal, a deal with that teleporting assassin who inexplicably is very pro-Brexit. <laughs> and who inexplicably looks a lot like the Queen and you've never seen them both in the same place. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on a similar note, we have Nate Silver. <laughs> oh, is he still around? He is 100% still around. Still running, what is it? Um, 40, it's a number. Nine, I don't know. 98 Degrees, that's a boy band. Something yeah. like that. Four, Basically 98 it's Degrees. It's like 48, 52 or something. something yeah. shit like that. <laughs> 358 <laughs> days over two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he says, The Queen of England is a classic white working class, no college degree voter. Ah! Oh! <laughs> Hot, searing hot, searing my eyes. Oh my god! <laughs> Why is she working class? 
She is a classic white working class voter because she doesn't have a college degree. A year's in a university degree. Yes. Working in the Queen That's what mines. makes you working class, not having a degree. She is a white working class voter. <laughs> no college degree. Oh, God. Yes. Hey, look, she struggles. She had apply. She tried to apply for that um, for that poverty loan to heat Buckingham Palace. Yeah, she did. And then she yeah. was turned down because they hate the poor. They do. They, 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 they do. They just hate the poor so much. Especially when they've got, like, gold leaf. <laughs> Fucking poor. They can give it all this gold leaf for the state and they just waste it on their fences. Uh, next, we have David Hearn, who's a historian, continuing the royal theme. I write this with tears in my eyes. Twice I have sworn allegiance to Her Majesty the Queen, her heirs and successors. <laughs> On Her Majesty's secret service. I have always seen you, Majesty, as the guarantor of democracy. Tonight, I withdraw my oath of allegiance. I'm sorry, ma'am. <laughs> then he says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So if he's withdrawing his oath of allegiance to the Queen... She read that he, and she was furious. Who is he ascribing his new allegiance to? Ooh. A pretender to the throne? Ooh, an Avignon royal. If, um, if we act fast, we might be able to get it. Oath to the Queen. Oh, <laughs> fucking just like the boot, just like down his throat. More like oath to the Queen. Hey. <laughs> but like, I'm just, I'm just imagining him swearing his oath to the Queen is just him like standing completely nude in the mirror and saluting. <laughs> his medals. <laughs> Yeah. In through the skin. <laughs> His medals that he's made. The medals that he got on eBay, yeah. <laughs> he's made them out of tinfoil. <laughs> tinfoil and felt. Okay. Next we have the beloved Dan Hodges. <clears throat> One thing the Corbinites haven't factored in, the Obi-Wan Kenobi principle. If you okay. try to deselect an MP and then they get reselected, that MP grows more powerful than you could possibly imagine. It's a good Why? thing it hasn't happened then. Yeah, because <laughs> never A, never ever happens, and B, no, it doesn't. It means they have exactly the same amount of power that they had before. Yeah. It really doesn't. You could run endless reselections, and in fact, people might get more pissed off with them, the fact that they're so, like, the people in their party are so unsatisfied with them, dissatisfied with them. Yeah. Now, like, are you saying this with your human eyes, or are you using your Dragon Ball Z power scouter? <laughs> oh, good point. That's a good point. Think good about point. that. So many few MPs are Saiyans that I think... It, I mean, it, it's a problem of perception and representation as much as anything. You just, even if a Saiyan MP is in Parliament, you don't see them. You don't ever... They don't get the press conferences that you know, if they go on TV, the they Namekian have, ones do. If they go on TV, um, they have to have had their tail cut off and everything. <laughs> it's disgusting to see them so detailed like that. Yeah, I mean, they'll go through a lot to become MP, but it's, it's not right. I just think it's like going for the, oh, the Star Wars thing. And it's so because he's like, oh, I'm just because, you know, Star Wars yeah. films around, all that kind of shit. Whereas in reality, it's like we live in a Kobayashi Maru parliament. <laughs> where it's like, so how did they do it? He cheated. Because that's all they do. He changed the computer. Yeah. I guarantee he thought of the, um, the Obi-Wan Kenobi bit and then tried to apply it to politics. Oh, yeah. Rather than thinking, looking at something political and then saying, oh, it's kind of like yeah. Star Wars. It's... Next we have Richard Davers, MP. He says, Tosh and piffle. This document shows that at worst, the British public will have to suffer a few months of hardship. Once proud Britons sung our glorious anthem in underground shelters, back to the empire to the hilt, and both ate Russian suet and enjoyed it. We will do so again. Thanks. <laughs> That's nice. Why did Brexit win again? Because <laughs> uh, it wasn't based on stupid cultural factors and appeals to... Um, <laughs> brother is more modern anyway um, Julie Hartley Brewer says oh. seriously boycott Weatherspoons is trending 
A bunch of middle-class Ramona twats sipping their Sauvignon Blanc and Peroni, threatening to boycott a pub chain they've never set foot in once because they don't like the political opinions of the owner. Give me a break. Everyone I know who... Like, the only they sell they Sauvignon Blanc in Witherspoons. The only people I know who, like, who like genuinely... <laughs> it's like, not particularly it's only, like, it's only the weird Lib Dems that, like, boycott. It's Peroni. Who, like, boycott Witherspoons. It was only, like, the really weird... Oh, they talked about it for a while, and then they started doing that thing, I mean, especially EU Supergirl, doing that thing yeah, of, I'm going to visit every Witherspoons yeah. that Tim Martin visits. Yeah. And buy a load of pints in there. <laughs> Presumably. Because, like... <laughs> with my crowdfunded money. Yeah, with my crowdfunded <laughs> Luca. Lots of middle-class people I know just... They love Weatherspoons because you know what? It's cheap and yeah. the it's middle class like since, a, the, yeah. since the crash can't afford the kind of levels of conspicuous consumption that they mm. could before. Mm. It's like pretty obvious. Um, I mean, we're, we're all Spoons boys. Mm. 100%. I would like a better Spoons around here, frankly. Yeah. Don't want to go all the way down to Leabridge Road. That's just what, down Leabridge that's asking Road? too much. Uh, what's it called? The, the drum. The drum. Yeah, it's a bit shit in there. Can't smoke in there. Well, can't vape in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next we have Paul Embury. Mm. Okay, this is a this is a hot one. Okay. Only twice has the George Cross been awarded collectively Uh-oh. to the people of Malta in <clears throat> World War Two and the Royal Ulster Constabulary. Uh oh. Both for showing bravery, fortitude, and dignity under siege. The third award must surely go to Britain's seventeen point four million Leave voters, and for the same reasons. God bless that's me, a, Mary Gentleman. That's that's a real like I've heard a lot of mean things said about Leave voters, but to say they're like the Royal Ulster Constabulary <laughs> is probably one of the worst things I've ever heard. The Royal Ulster Constabulary, out of all the police forces this fucking disgusting country has had and supported, is the only one that they had to shut down because they were like, "This one's a bit much. Let's start again." And Embry's like, "Yeah, that's Leave voters. <laughs> Leave voters are this." That's what they are. So like, Here's what that is. Yeah. Under siege is like, I mean, like under if you're under siege, you tend to be you know outnumbered by people for a start, um, and like every single media outlet, other than maybe the Guardian and the Independent, is consistently pro leave. Mm-hmm. This idea that they're they're in a minority and therefore they are a majority and therefore they should win. Mm-hmm. This flitting back between the two is is fucking mm. bad. Um. Next we have David N. Uh, oh yeah, this is a nobody, but the the take was so good I could just couldn't. David nobody. Couldn't okay. Get rid of it. Um, I have a theory. Jez is always extremely quick to remind us that his mum stood on Cable Street whenever anti-Semitism is discussed. Uh oh. Okay. Prepare yourselves. What if his kind mum was only there as she was having an affair with Oswald Mosley? <laughs> <laughs> if so, Jez might be the illegitimate offspring, but it would explain things. I do remember this. I do remember this. And I'm pretty sure that wasn't an ironic, like, jokey comment. Jeremy Corbyn was the product of a back alley knee trembler between his mum and Oswald Mosley during the Battle of Cable Street. I haven't heard it called a knee trembler. I've heard it, but not since the 1940s. Since the Battle of Cable Street, ironically. (laughs) When Oswald Mosley was boasting about fathering Jeremy Corbyn, that's particularly good. That's... That's particularly odd. He wasn't born in the early 1930s. He was, like, born in 49, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. He's it's a very long pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it explains, you know, why he's so... Why he is so many things. Why he's so stupid and smart. He learned so much in his 19-year gestation. <laughs> also, I mean, I know we have, like, obviously the Max Mosley example of this, but 
is this assuming that like anti-Semitism is genetic? I think it is. That in itself is a Catch puzzling it. and confusing way of going about things. Yeah. Well, if you measured his skull, you would see. Particularly <laughs> <laughs> weird. Uh, equally weird, we have another person. This was in a, a thread about uh, trans issues and, and women's rights being under threat by trans people. All that kind of turf shit. Yeah. Uh, David Rimmer says LGBT politics mm-hmm. will follow the path of its previous incarnation, the Catholic Church. Whoa. Gain state it's... approval and become totalitarian and repressive, usher in a dark age and hold power for centuries, all while denying that homosexuality exists. Somebody responded saying, you got the religions mixed up. Trans is big in Iran since the mid-80s. <laughs> Death penalty on homosexuality, but the government pays up to half the cost of sex change operations. That is apparently true. Uh, leading the way in the erasure of homosexuals and the woke in the West embrace this homophobia. Oh, is that the... Yeah, so the, the angle here is yeah, that so he's supporting, um, like, uh, trans. lesbian and, and gay rights at the expense in opposition to trans rights? That's what this thread is about. That's like a turf saying that. Yeah, I mean, Glinner has trotted that one out a number of times. Yeah. It's so bizarre. It's like, well, because um, turf voices are being excluded, that means it's like it Always. Yeah. Always, um, that's the thing. Do you see um, Glynna's um, in support of Jess Phillips? Unsurprisingly. Yeah, what a surprise. <laughs> I see that uh, uh, Bindle has rejoined the Labour Party to vote for her. So oh, lots of great endorsements of, of wonderful people. Yeah. Does you everything you need to know. Yep. Next we have Grace Dent. I'm never more aware of my working class origins than oh. when I hide from my cleaner. Oh my God. <laughs> That's really it. There's some there's some other stuff, but she when she's she, asking me to pay the bill, <laughs> she talks about hiding on cleaning days, lurking in a nearby calf, fretting that I could have at least preloaded the dishwasher. Oh my god! Just why? I suppose you do get paid for writing a column, but like that does kind of puts you under some obligation to write something that people will care about. It's weird because like I've taught, like it was a couple of years ago now, but when we had loads of work done to the flat. Um, we had lots of people over doing yeah. stuff. And I've talked to people, um, like some of my friends, who have been like, they're all uncomfortable around builders and don't know what to do and so hide. Mm. And it's really weird. <laughs> there, is a, there is a thing about finding something to do when builders are around. It is hard when you work from home or, or work, in inverted commas, by playing <laughs> games. And like not trying to look embarrassing when it's like they're doing hard well, that, labour and you're like grinding away. Well, that's, on a Renic weapon on 14. That's, that's me every time. Yeah. But it's, it's just... No, it's just... it's I, My mum did it as well with a cleaner. Really? Like, yeah, just like... It's like... It just, oh, it just, it's cringy as fuck. Yeah. It's just like... Whether, like that might be an unexplored facet of human behaviour, but A, I mean, how many people really do have a cleaner? Yeah. And B, do you really need to expose yourself in this way? You sound like a dickhead. Yes. To almost everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is The Guardian, but still. Mm-hmm. Okay, next we have Brian Cox, the physicist of d keyboardist, I think. Yeah. Uh, an election is not a good way to deal with Brexit. It isn't. In, he's right. In physics terms, an election creates an artificial linear superposition <laughs> between what voters think of Johnson and Corbyn and Brexit. Yep. Referendum and election separates them and removes the interference terms. Electoral decoherence. I argued the correct approach would be to have an election and have a referendum. 
Okay? okay, and as an example, what if I wanted a conservative government but to remain in the EU? How should I vote? <laughs> as a hypothetical? Just, oh, oh, off the top of my head, oh, if I wanted to remain in the EU and get all the benefits from that, but also vote Tory uh, and punish the poor. Now, now, if you'll excuse me, I'll take my answer off the air. I have a strike to break. Things can only get better. Uh, next we have Anthea JB4 on Twitter. This is Harry, my 14-year-old son. It's 15.29 p.m. and Harry is still in bed. Good for him. It's half term. Notwithstanding Harry having a lobotomy, Ken Clark thinks he's mature enough to vote in two years. Like if you agree with an unrealistic wanker MP. Retweet if, as me, you agree. Wait. My shithouse son. <laughs> my fucking shithouse son. Retweet my shit, lazy son. Hold on. Am I misunderstanding? Do you say that sh- her son had a lobotomy? Uh, so she said... Let's see. Um, notwithstanding Harry having a lobotomy, Ken Clark thinks he's mature enough to vote in two years. Like he. Oh, I see. So he would. So it would require a lobotomy it for him to. Require him a lobotomy mature. for him to wake up and be no. an active member of society. I see. I see. He's too I, smart. I, I. I thought she was suggesting that she had her son lobotomized. <laughs> <laughs> she basically. This was accompanied with a picture of. I think. I can't remember. I think it was him under the covers. Yeah. Um, Hiding from his mum, constantly taking pictures of him and posting them online again. Check her hard drives. Also, 14-year-old son. It's mm. like, yeah, they're not saying 14-year-old should have it. They're yeah. saying 16-year-old yeah. should have it. In two years, he will probably okay. be There fine. has been a lot of, like, my son is a genius. Uh, oh, my son is a useless twat. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to, comes to giving him the vote. Yeah. Also, like, I remember during the GCSEs and A-levels, my daughter slept... Yes, it's quite because she was knackered. Would at that age? Yeah, she still could have voted. Uh, I sleep a lot. I'd sleep more if I could. She wasn't working down a mine. It doesn't count. It's not physical. It's not physical, or it's not exertion in any way, unless you're doing a physical job. She has never worked in a drift mine. We have Will Tanner. This was about Labour's internet policy. Okay. Uh, Broadband internet access for everybody. Yep. In all seriousness, this makes a mockery of legitimate life-dependent human rights, like, I don't know, the freedom of religion, but I guess Labour are too far gone on that one. Wow. Internet means they're more anti-Semitic. It does. Yeah, what's on the internet? 4chan. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> That's the only reason... The Daily Stormer. It's the only reason he wanted it. <laughs> so everyone could have, like, they, everyone like everyone would get their broadband connection. They'd also have um, forum membership to, um, shit, I've forgotten the name, Stormfront. Yeah. <laughs> Nationalising Stormfront. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've been on Stormfront looking at poetry. <laughs> Next we have Ed West in Unheard. Why child labour beats school? Instead of underpaying desperate migrants to pick our fruit, let kids do it. They love it. <laughs> they do. They love it. I've read stories about um about child hot pickers in Kent. Yes. They all seemed really happy. I mean to be fair, like it did used to be a thing that was like well, we can't afford to go on holiday, but people will pay us to pick, pick hops. Yeah, that they did for travellers. Um, yes. <laughs> no, but no, but people did used to go down from London as well. That's why yeah. the um, things are six weeks. Yeah. Like Christmas, uh, summer holidays are six yeah. weeks. But it's like, it's the notion of like, ah, yes, the agriculture industry, exactly the same now as it was in the 50s when these laws came in, yeah. when people used to do it. People live in exactly the same ways. Mm-hmm. Also, underpaying desperate migrants, let's underpay kids instead. Yeah. Well, they can just, you know, like, the kids who, you know, from inner London estates can just, at the start of the summer holiday, be shipped on trains 
to, um, we won't call them hot farm ghettos, but hot farm ghettos. <laughs> um, and they'll just work there without any adult supervision. <laughs> As always, the question with these kind of like schemes about pressuring people into doing them is that always, obviously they only assume poor people are going to yeah, do it. Yeah, definitely. But it's always like, how are you going to make them? What if they say no? Yeah. What if people say no to busing their kids off for six weeks to Kent? Yeah. You know? No thought about it. Fuck it. It's on. It's in Unheard or Spiked or something like that. Just pump it out. No one really gives a shit. Yeah. Um, next we have Libcom, a rare left-wing entry. And they this... have taken a bit of a turn this year. Yeah, I didn't want to rag on too hard because they do some. They have some good links, like and mm. the, the 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 things they bring to people's attention and the the stuff that they curate is really good. Whoever they've got running their Twitter account is a glib wanker. Mm. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, he said. Uh, he, I assumed it was a he. They said, will there be anything in the Labour manifesto about how the working class defends itself in the mm-hmm. very likely event that Labour don't win the election? Yeah, sure. Yeah, no. Yeah. yeah, sorry. We've just got the map where all the fucking guns are held. That's how we're going to fucking defend the working <laughs> class. We've got a load of safe houses and explosives. We've got some secession agreements worked up for the People's <laughs> Republic of Salford. Oh, yeah, we've got this all worked out. Us, the Labour Party. We all fucking know what the Labour Party is. We know it's not a fucking paramilitary organisation. Stop being a fucking dickhead about it. There's like some of them. It's weird because like there's people like him yeah. arguing from that side. Yeah. There are some people in the Labour Party who I think seem to have forgotten that as well. Oh, 100%. But yeah. know what the Labour Party is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like It is what it is for good and for bad. Like, look, unions can help defend people. Strike action can kind of help defend people. And that should be advocated. But like that fucking knowing overbearing tone yeah. glib tone yeah. as if no one has ever, else has ever thought what they've thought mm-hmm. is incredibly irritating yeah. it's like this is an interesting policy but have they considered to swim through the through the peasantry like a fish in the river <laughs> yeah uh, we have Chuck Ramuna mm-hmm. remain mm-hmm. voters don't want a party leader Corbyn to behave like some referee on the biggest issue since World War 2 they want them to score goals in the back of the remain net let's point out that this would be an <laughs> own goal Yes. <laughs> uh, we have also ah, another weird entry in this list. Um, Ian Bone. Oh, leader Ian of class Bone's war. Had, yeah. Leader of class war. Yeah. Representative, main representative of class war. I don't know what founder. he called himself. Founder. He's the leader of class war. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I find it an exercise in self-harm that Corbyn hasn't used one of Labour's best electoral assets, Jess Phillips, in the campaign, and one of the few politicians who comes across as human. If I was Corbyn, I'd clear out the Ashworths and the Long Baileys and get Jess on the box. Now. I, as the founder of Class War, am very much in favour of this Labour MP who grew up in a six-figure household who takes her funding from property developers. Is he just thirsty as well? Can we put it down I, to that? I, th- I think he's thirsty and insane. A lot of the class war stuff has really pivoted to well, culture, saw, culture war yeah, stuff. During the election, um, shit, um, I've forgotten her name. The working class academic. Lisa McKenzie. Yeah, Lisa McKenzie saying like, oh, I don't know who to vote for. Yeah. There's no point in voting this election. That was a weird one. Like, in an election where Alan Moore, mm. actually, yeah. like, actually, I need to say something this time and I, I will be voting this time. Yeah. And Lisa McKenzie's like, Actually, Corbyn and Boris are the kind of the same. It wasn't just it wasn't just her saying she wouldn't yeah. vote. I, I actually was I was going back and forth on whether to include her on the All World Prize list, but like I don't think I don't think it's worth it. Um, it's not just saying that she wouldn't vote for Labour or that voting for Labour was pointless. It yeah. was specifically seeking out the Metro, yeah. Sky News, yeah. and all kinds of media opportunities mm-hmm. in order to do that. 
in order to serve the the general like uh, Tory party line that Look. vote it wasn't worth voting and it's like you're not a stupid person you know what's happening or are you pivoting to spiked you can't live right in a wrong world which I'm sure is a position that her as an anarchist would <laughs> yeah or is that not oh actually no <laughs> she's just shameless yeah but yeah that's the, the but no, it, Ian Bone is thirsty and mad he's that's it's a rube comment that's yeah, a is. proper rube comment because like it's like yeah no Long Bailey Rebecca Long Bailey like she had working class upbringing but then I imagine he I imagine he put that out there because he saw a double barreled name. Yeah. I That's he, yeah. why he did it. What do you think Jess Phillips is working class? And he saw he didn't accent. see he didn't see Jessica Phillips, he yeah. saw Jess Phillips. Yeah. That's the kind of like surface level thinking that like yeah. they seem to have really embraced in the last couple of years. And I know they're not that stupid. But mm. I don't know. Yeah, well, might he might have still been salty because um, Thingy, who did do some work for Class War, left to go work for Corbyn. Oh, really? Who? Um, I forgot his name because. Oh, enjoy. Like two thirds <laughs> into this cake. Yeah. An anonymous Labour source, so no particular person here, uh, Sienna Rogers after the no election, uh, <laughs> asked a Labour MP whether they're going for deputy and have decided who to back for leader. And they replied, no decisions on anything. Decisions are for ideologues, not pragmatists. <laughs> That's good. I wish you all the luck in your future endeavours, whoever said that. <laughs> to be fair, in the arc I just finished in One Piece, Luffy does actually manage to win because he doesn't make decisions. Fair because play. his decisions could be predicted, so he just starts flailing incoherently around. <laughs> <laughs> Which seems to be the position of the Labour right to be fair. <laughs> Okay, we have Mike Gapes. <gasps> oh, the Gapes okay. man. The king. What did I, Mike, say? This is top. In response to somebody saying, thanks for everything, Mike, your yep. blood is worth bottling, okay. he says, <laughs> oh, when I had my heart... Was that John Rentor? <laughs> <laughs> he was following the thread. <laughs> when I had my heart surgery... He a love for blood. <laughs> When I had my heart surgery four years ago, I had several blood transfusions. So it's not my blood, it is the blood of our diverse multiracial British community. <laughs> oh, he's so great. I'm going to miss him so much. No, my, so my, much. My Sweet hope milky is, boy. <laughs> my hope is he does. He becomes like a local councillor. <coughs> I was presumably local he's a member of the party still. Mayor. Well, he's not, not a member of the party. Mayor of London. Yeah. Presumably, oh, no, um, like Mayor of Ilford, like um, yeah. you know, like the kind of the utterly meaningless position. But he gets right, to wear right. the chain. Maybe actually no, oh, like town crier. Lord he should Mayor. be town crier. <laughs> hear ye, hear ye. <laughs> Finally, we have a cracker from Paul Embry. Oh, strong uh, showing from him this year, <clears throat> huh? Mm. Japan, where they don't obsess about multiculturalism Fuck. or diversity, where they control their borders, where they inspire patriotism and belonging among their people, yet remain one of the safest, cleanest, most civilised, prosperous and ordered nations on the planet. That's cool, because that's an old thing of like, uh, that, like an old internet thing of like... That's all right shit. Um, oh, the Japanese have such a nice country so, because they're so ethnically homogenous. Yeah. That's, yeah, they are. And they have their uh, honourable, submissive women. They do. <laughs> It's like the Japanese don't obsess about like nationalism or diversity. It's like they one hundred percent fucking that's, do. That's what that whole country has been <laughs> since the uh, Liberal Democratic Party Japan- took power after World War Two. Japan has two elements to it: trying to get their economy back on track and making sure that economy is run by Koreans, <laughs> <laughs> or at least people that they could like um, pretend aren't Korean by giving them Japanese names. <laughs> That's not fair. They also do not name um, <laughs> <laughs> 
But no, like, yeah, it's like it's a proper like alt right thing. It's like it's like he had just started going on storefront. Yeah, or like can't, reading anime can't... forums from the nineties. It's because they can't do Sweden anymore because Sweden is their danger, yeah. danger Muslim area now. Yeah. So they have to, they have do... to keep up that myth. Huh? Maybe oh. Russia, but Russia isn't that appealing to mm. people who they're talking to. So no. they do, yeah, Japan. Oh. Everybody loves a Gundam. So. <laughs> yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to be fair, everyone does. And who Gundam. else would you rather have protecting the Gundams? But Shinzo Abe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. I really would. Actually, no, he's got like big um, Ikari energy, doesn't he? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Uh, that was a. What's Ikari's like. Likeab- being mean to his kids. Ikari's likable. Oh, you mean Gendo? Okay, yeah. right. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not Shinji. Like, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, so hottest take. So hottest take. What do you reckon? Okay, there are a lot of them. Okay, on my notes. Mm-hmm. Nate Silvers. Yes. Yeah, that is. Yep. It's yep, so yep, yep. hot and so stupid. Yeah. Um, he has been consistently hot and stupid since <laughs> Hillary warm. Clinton will win ninety five percent of the vote. Yeah. He's a like a moist, stupid man. He's got that perfect thing of he deals only in facts, mm-hmm. and if he puts out two <laughs> facts next to each other and they're both individually correct. Mm-hmm. Therefore, the whole sentence must be correct. Definitely. So the Queen is white and doesn't have a college degree. Uh, working class people don't have college degrees. Therefore, the Queen is white working class. It's... It's a lot of averages. Also, That's how math works. She's super open-minded because she married an immigrant. Yeah, yeah. Representing our diverse working class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Married an immigrant and um, was Sieg Heiling. So, you know, both sides. Yeah. yeah. You know? Um, we've got Patrick. I wrote down, I wrote down James Patrick, but for all of them. Yeah, um, I I don't know. He's so he's so consistently inconsistent about what he actually is on Twitter. Mm. All he'll do is just rush into something and go, "Oh, by the way, this thing's going to happen, and there's nothing you can do." Boom, away. All of his Never takes say. have been pretty good. I've got ball down, but I don't want to give ball any award because there's only one data award winning uh, award winning data journalist of my heart. <laughs> yeah. It's not him. Um, Embry actually, both of those. Like um, well, two of them. I've got the Embry with the levers like the RUC, <laughs> which is just disgusting. That is incredible. Mm. Um, and also, you know, <laughs> Japan. Embry on Japan was. I remember seeing that at the time and being yeah. completely floored by it. Because again, it's so obvious and it's so it's kind of basic as well. It's it's like he's it's the first time he's ever come across this whole thing of like oh like right wingers really like Japan mm-hmm. because they're so ethnically homogenous and it's like he can't help himself just wants to justify the katanas in his room <laughs> <laughs> um, and Gapes being full of blood Gapes, Gapes is my favourite that's pretty one, good that Gapes being so full of blood I'm full of blood it's hot it's coursing through me <laughs> that's so good I just got him into like him like we need he... to get him an Infowars channel we need to get him a YouTube channel okay right that's the next thing we need <laughs> Because the like, blood in the north and the blood in the south. <laughs> like, okay, you two haven't seen it, but um, there's this little man in Doctor Stone. This little, um, he's like an artisan, and whenever he's particularly excited about uh, like a project that he's gonna do, yeah. he flexes and his clothes come off, and he's like really muscly. And oh, that's the dream. Up, and that's like how Is I imagine an... Gapes when he's full of blood <laughs> of our diverse communities. <laughs> So I think Gates gets it. Gates is so Armstrong. That is amazing. For Gates actually really being is. a POC now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I, I actually... Now that you've said Mike Scapers is a POC, I can't not do that. Okay, I think that's perfect. Yeah? Yeah. I love my car.